Folks, we screw around a lot here on the trail show. We like to have fun, and we like to be silly. But I think it's time we settle down here for a second, get serious. Folks, I think it's time we look into the future. The future disco? As in the future when Delos finished reading the book Wild? That's right, Princes of Darkness. Let's all look into the future. All the way to the year 2000. In the year 2000. In the year 2000. Whitney, all good LaRuffa, will admit that he is in fact not the king of Kickstarter. He is only the king of cross-dressing, chocolate pudding farts, and of course, bandanas. In the year 2000. Baxter State Park will take a hard look at its littering policy. It will determine that champagne is not litter after all. Unless, of course, you're talking about Scott Jarek. In the year 2000. The city of Boulder will ban landscaping projects by retired long-distance hikers and instead will issue a proclamation to get back on the f***ing trail. In the year 2000. The Onion will take a full submersion bath before appearing on a future episode of The Trail Show. Unfortunately, it won't make any difference as he will still leave mid-show, only to discover he left his jacket but took all of Delo's ice cubes. In the year 2000. Joey Bag of Donuts replaced Mike DiLorenzo as a trail show co-host. And Mike DiLorenzo replaced Sean Pepperfari as an Amish vagrant. In the year 2000. The Princess of Darkness will change her name to the Princess of Niceness after deciding that I am too nice of a guy to keep f***ing with. In the year 2000. Buck 30 will give up Diet Coke entirely after his stomach pushes the button on his spot device when faced with yet another dousing from a 44-ounce Big Gulp. In the year 2000. Grandma Gatewood and Earl Schaefer will meet in the afterlife. Earl Schaefer will proclaim, you are not a fraud, only to find out that Gatewood has burned his pith helmet and jeans with a blowtorch. <laughs> in the year 2000. The Boy Scouts of America will sponsor an upcoming episode of The Trail Show after P.O.D. swears on Scout's honor that she won't ever say anything bad about the Boy Scouts of America. In the year 2000. A chilling portrait of things to come. For the love of Jah, please start the show. Bear has nothing to do with hiking. Get on the trail! We're talking about dirt, mud, blood, and guts. Can nobody fiesta? It's the Trail Show. My God, Polly. Featuring Lawton Disco Grinter. What the hell are you two doing, Mike? Felicia P.O.D. Hermosillo. What are you girls doing up here? Mike Dilo DiLorenzo. Yeah! Paul Mags Magnanti. He's a fraud. And now from Mag's living room, it's the Trail Show. Yeah! Coming to you live from Boulder, Colorado's Eastern Beer District in the Bobby Walters studio at Casa Magnanti. You are listening to The Trail Show. We are heard worldwide on iTunes, Stitcher, and at thetrailshow.com. 
Look around you right now. If there's another human being within 10 feet of you, I insist you walk over to them and say, Psst, psst. Hey, you. Yeah, you. It's called The Trail Show. You should start listening immediately. It is July 23rd, and we are elated that you've joined us today. We've got a big show for you in store. This month's show is sponsored by Trail Groove Magazine. Trail Groove Magazine is your online backpacking and hiking magazine covering destinations, tips, techniques, news, photography, and we admit it, sometimes even gear. Stop by the forum, check out the magazine, and subscribe for free at trailgroove.com. Come get your groove on. Word. Mags, what is on the menu for this month's show? Jerky. Lots of jerky. Jerky boy. Yeah, we got some uh, Mountain America jerky in-house, in-studio that we're going to try. We have five different kinds, including alligator. Fantastic. I love eating alligators. There you go. <laughs> but besides that, we're going to talk to our friend Squatch from Iceland. Uh, there's some rumors about Bjork and Tinder, supposedly, so we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, do some trail news. We're going to have an encore presentation for our Trail of the Month, because our very own POD did the SHR, along with some friends of the trail show, so we can't wait to hear about that. That's right. See our high route redux. We're going, quack, quack. Uh, we're going to, is there any duck jerky? That'd be pretty cool. Oh, there we go. Good. There'll be a jerky tasting, iTunes top five, a plethora of trips, a trail tip, a little discussion about a certain bottle of champagne on a certain mountain in Maine. <laughs> uh, we're going to do mailbag, Baron Bandwidth sponsor shout outs. And we're going to have a theme movie to go with our theme, Mile, Mile and a Half, a very popular movie about a John Muir Trail trek. And as always, Bear of the Month, Ask a Heck of Thilo, and of course, a very special gear review. Very good. And before we Skype in Squatch from Iceland, let's hear about, about, let's hear about Mike DiLorenzo's, Mike DiLorenzo's beer, of the month. beer of the Month. Well, this month, I am on top of the Beer of the Month. I know what it is. What? I procured it myself. It's a first. Well, it's a first, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, I've actually been doing something here. I, I rendezvoused with... Uh, a world-renowned artist and also a listener of the trail show named Jeff Wood yes. at Sherpa's Restaurant today. Joined him and his artist friend for lunch. Oh, cool. Uh, I had a brief lunch. I joined them as they were eating. And we chatted. And then Jeff is here uh, for an art seminar for about two weeks. He's also sh- uh, selling his artwork at a string cheese show at Red Rocks this weekend. And Jeff brought us a 12-pack of Terrapin beer from Georgia. Nice. And it's a mixed 12-pack. And in this mixed 12-pack, we have a rye ale, a hopsecutioner, which I anticipate will be a super hoppy, flavorful beer. We've got some sort of a peanut butter porter. Peanut Um. butter porter of some sorts. And then there is a... Some sort of bliss beer. Black IPA. Black IPA. It's also called a bliss. Some sort of a bliss Bliss. Beer. So we've got a smorgsborg of lovely beers from Georgia that you cannot buy in Colorado, which is what we at the trail show love to drink. And Jeff beers Wood, he, he drove buy. them out here, man. He, he did. drove those beers yeah. to Colorado. They, these did. beers were sitting in Jeff's car, uh, baking in the sun today. <laughs> 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 so on my way home, I had to quickly procure 10 pounds of ice which um, you didn't have in your freezer. Which I didn't have in your freezer. Actually, what I, I, I saw, the onion, he was out uh, running on the bike path on my way home. Yeah. So I actually jumped off my bike, and my bike just kind of kept going. You know, it was like ghost riding, because <laughs> I had the trailer behind it filled with all sorts of stuff. I saw the onion. I grabbed him. I tackled him. 
I pounded him a couple times, and then I took the bag of ice that he had over his shoulder. Awesome. Yeah. So I, I, I got revenge on the onion and stole a wow. bag of ice. He happened to be just jogging with ice. out for a run. Yeah, yeah with, with some ice. A 90-degree cool. day. It's, it's a hot cool. day. It's yeah, cool. it's yeah, yeah. cool, you know. Very sunny, hot 10 today. pounds. He wants some extra exercise, yeah. you know. Well, so. so we cracked into the rye ale first, or is it rye pale ale? What is it? Uh, it is a rye ale. I can't move. It's, it's a rye pale ale. If somebody could grab the bottle, I can't really That's move right. right now. No. I'm trapped in my seat. <laughs> D'Lo is trapped. We'll have to grab a photo of that. Yeah, it's um, it's really good. It's a yeah. very good, refreshing summer the sort of South's beer. original Terrapin rye. It's it's super tasty. It's a rye pale ale. Very crisp, clear, nice flavor too. Not over the top, but very crisp and clear, and but not not under the. Bottom it's either. not too rye uh, Rye. Some some rye beers can go a little heavy on the the rye, and if you're into rye, just like then, hoppy beers go heavy on the yeah, rye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this one's the rye is subtle. It, it's like you said, it's clean and crisp. Great summer beer. I, I, and Jeff I, Jeff Wood, man, Jeff Wood. Thanks a lot. We're, I'm gonna actually have. I'm gonna join him and his artist friend next week for lunch and give them a trail show hat because they deserve it. Yeah. And speaking of trail show hats. We what? posted a little photo of one on Instagram. Oh, Pewdie, what was that look? Yeah. Why are you we, we, should, should, we not, should we not talk about the hats? Why? Because people have been asking about them yeah. ever since I put the photo up. Here's how it I works, I just think people. if you say that, then we have to give every single person who says a spirit hat. No, 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 no. That man drove from Georgia to Colorado with beer in his car. If you're willing, For us, man. If you're For willing us. to make a 2,000-mile drive with beer in your car... Then you can talk to us he about it. He didn't buy that beer in okay. Texas on the okay. way here or, or anywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he t- he bought that beer in Georgia and purposefully Boom, said to himself, bam. "I am going to give this to the trail show hosts when I am in Boulder because I yeah. love those guys." So a couple years ago, um, the local radio station in Crested Butte, KBUT, had a little fundraiser, and for sixty-five bucks, you could get a really cool KBUT hat. And I was like, "Damn, that's a lot of money." But I got I paid the sixty five bucks. It supported my local radio station, and I got the cool hat which I wore for three years. Now we got some trail show hats made. Check out our Instagram account if you want to see a photo of it. I'm thinking sixty five is a little steep. I'm thinking more like fifty bucks. You know, the hats cost us fifteen dollars a pop to to get produced. Plus, we're going to pay another five to ship them out. So, you know, I'm thinking fifty bucks might be the the sweet spot if you want a trail show hat. So, and again, check out our Instagram account. Um, we've got about, I think we've got about five or six that we're willing to part with at the moment. What do you guys think? That might not happen. No? <laughs> you're not, you're not feeling it, D-Lo? Well, you know, there was a thought when we had Andrew Skirka on the show that our advertising budget was just going to go crazy because all of a sudden we had such a world. Yeah, who said that cele- Advertise celebrity hiker on our show <laughs> and that you know somebody we, we really thought that this is it this is this is our break you know we're, the national geographic is going to be sponsoring us next i've got some music for our little hat discussion continue please this, this that did not happen so yeah. i don't really think that we're going to be blown over by, by just a sheer demand so you don't even hats. think we'll get yeah. six requests for hats well maybe we will magpie. magpie theoretically what if we had a well-known author of southwest desert writing on at some point okay just saying. Yeah. And? That we, could, you know. We want to give him a hat. So you're saying maybe we keep the hats in reserve for VIPs. Oh, I was th- say maybe go to Delos, get the advertising budget going. But I like the idea of keeping hats for VIPs. That's a good idea. Okay. Yeah. So I like it too. Well, I, I, I think that. Jeff Wood is a VIP. I mean, this guy is a world-renowned artist, man. Hold on. P.O.D., what, what, go ahead and say it. Yeah. What's wrong? 
What's wrong with my mic? Sounds like I sound muted. I sound muted too. No, you don't. Oh, that's better. That's better. Sorry. No, I do sound muted. No, you sound like you should sound. Yeah, you sound like you're good. You're good. Everybody's good. Is that so? Noted? I think we just made a, a show decision here. What is it? That we're not going to sell hats. Is that correct? I think we should keep and give them out to different listeners who go. Yeah. Okay. Above like and beyond. Like yeah. Such right. as such as driving your car from Georgia with a twelve pack of beer with the sole purpose of giving it to me. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so yeah. so it is a democracy here on the trail show, and I just want the listeners to know I was just voted down. I wanted to sell everybody hats, but I can't do that no. now. We could be like NPR. We'll sell tote bags. If people bags. want. We'll sell, or, or, are there trail show tote bags? Or we thongs. Should. Or thongs. Or a thong in a trail show tote bag. You could probably yeah, yeah. get that on Cafe Press. Okay, very good. Moving on to our next item, which um, we're going to call Squatch in Iceland. Sounds great. Okay, let's do it. York Riffic. All right, let's uh, let's cue up the the Skype and give Squatch a little call. Maybe we can prank him. Ooh, I think so. We're using Ooh, a different that's call a new service. sound. It's international Skype. Let's see if he's awake. Uh, oh my God! Uh, uh, hello. Hello, <laughs> Squatch. Yes. I feel like I'm talking to the gr- creepy guy from the cable commercial. The crypt keeper. <laughs> well. Maybe that is who it is. <laughs> Do you have some kind of weird sound effects or voice effects on your on your microphone? No, I'm talking low because I've been staying in a hostel and trying not to wake people up. Uh. <laughs> yeah, we should let we should let everyone know. Squatch, it's two a.m. in Iceland, yeah. and it's uh, eight p.m. here in Boulder. But we um, that's the best we could do. Squatch. Yeah, it's okay, man. <laughs> You're probably uh, out partying anyway with all those Icelandic girls. Yeah. Or goats, well, I mean. I, I, I couldn't understand that. What what, 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 what smart-ass thing did she say? I couldn't. That's okay. It's, it's like, uh, it, I, I don't think I need an alarm anyway because the, the youth of this town that I'm in, there's some kind of, uh, there's some kind of music festival here. They're, they're yakking out in the street anyway, so I probably would have woke up. Okay. So I, I, if they're still talking, I'm going to go out and yell at them in English. Squatch, we've had a number of listeners write in, and they desperately want to know, have you met Bjork? No. Oh, that's disappointing. No. Um, um, I slept with her, but I didn't meet her. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Maybe that's we'll, we'll save that for the Too Hot for TV uh, bonus, yeah. show. bonus show. So how much longer are you going to be there? And when did you go there? Give us some information. Uh, I, I've been here a uh, uh, little over two months. Yeah, it it is awesome. Uh, can't recommend it enough. And uh, I've got eight more days, and then oh, I fly okay. back to the states. Yeah, yeah eight, it's great. It's eight uh, days. Eight more days. Wow. So I've got to ask: Have you recreated the skateboard scene from Secret Life of Walter? No. Moore? Okay. Did you ask? Are there any other generic questions that you want to ask besides the Bjork and the obvious skateboard? No. Uh, um, no, there is one more. Um, yeah, so. Okay. So, how do you shower on the trail? Uh, very poorly. Okay. And uh, do, you, do you carry a gun? Yes. Unfortunately, it's made of uh, basalt. <laughs> okay. So, talk, have you been shooting some film out there? I mean, you're yeah, making another yeah, video, yeah. right? Yeah. It's, it's like, um, and I, I'm seriously thinking about calling this or subtitling this film like ridiculously beautiful because that's what i mean this country is just like uh geographically stunning i mean you wow. just get outside of, of reykjavik which is the uh you know the the capital and we're like two-thirds of the 
two-thirds of everyone who lives in Iceland live in the Reykjavik area. So, there's, And there's only like 330,000 people in all of Iceland. Oh, geez. So you get out and you just have a lot of unpopulated areas. And it's just, uh, it's amazing. I mean, it's just constantly, you know, it, it's just this one big volcanic geothermal playground. So you get, you know, there's lots of geysers. There's like over 10,000 waterfalls. I mean, it's, there are stretches where you're just going, holy shit, there's a there's a 150-foot waterfall over there. And then, you know, two minutes later, there's a 200-foot waterfall. And you're it just... It's just constantly uh, like that, and uh, the people are really cool, except for these except for these pestering children outside the window. <laughs> um, yeah. In, in fact, it, and you know the thing is, they're so um, it's such a peaceful country that uh, it's won like eight years in a row the most peaceful country in the world. Okay. Uh, thing it's it's the it's the second least likely country to be attacked by a terrorist organization number one being north korea because nobody can get into north korea um and uh it, it was close having this conversation with these two these two lady icelandic ladies and i was saying how many i go what did you have last year like in the entire country two people were murdered hmm. and this one and this one girl they got really serious she looks at the other one she goes no no i think it was three <laughs> like, well, that's like an afternoon in downtown LA. So, yeah. so um, right. Yeah, there's this real mellow vibe here, and uh, it's great. I can't recommend it enough. Anybody's thinking about doing it. Well, well, now talk to us real quickly. So you you've been doing a mix of hiking and bicycling. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. There was the the original goal was to do a bike around um, the ring road which is about 800 miles well but <clears> as we know well, squatch's original plans never come to fruition yeah that's true <laughs> they and, and and i felt good because like literally every other person i met out here who had that <laughs> idea that dream nobody did it because when i got here in late may i think yeah. the 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 uh heads are yeah. kind of doing it i, I think I've lost contact it. with them but they they were saying oh god yeah because the wind can yeah. be kind of strong here yeah. uh the elevation gainer loss gain of losses is i think is greater than a lot of people anticipate and there's mm-hmm. virtually no shoulders on the road so you're constantly you know they're the drivers are nice to you, but it's still it's a little disconcerting. So, so I did about two hundred miles of the eight hundred, and you know, bust and but and then I've hiked about one hundred and thirty, and then done several day things. So it just becomes this, this hodgepodge of of driving and and going everywhere because it's not super big. That's the thing. It's not you know you can get to various regions within a couple days or so, and. Uh, one region which I recommend to all hardy uh, backpackers is uh, went up to the the extreme northwest tip of Iceland, which is called the Hornstranda uh, Nature Preserve, and it's oh, oh yeah, awesome. the Hornstranda. Oh yes, the Hornstranda. I had the little Hornstranda, and it was quite tasty. Ooh. Anyway, and. Um, you have to take a ferry up there oh. and because you, you get there and there's no roads, there's no cars. So they dropped like they dropped. It was a uh, wing it and a drop and roll. Uh, a couple of hikers. Some of you may know listeners out there and uh, wing it like a triple crowner. And so we went up there and hiked for three days and we had a, uh, we had an Arctic Fox 
follow us around for like a mile. That was really cool. I got some good footage of that. Well, that and, is cool. Uh, yeah. It was a little weird because that's also an area where apparently every three years a stray polar bear shows up because <laughs> we're literally only like nine miles from the edge of the technical Arctic Circle. Oh, geez. So, okay. like, so I was just kept scanning the horizon for little big patches of white the whole time, you know, because um, they, uh, yeah, you know, when it's hard to, hard to wrestle. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, oh, oh, another thing that happened on that trip. Okay, this is really cool, dude. So the first night we stay up there, we go down to this really cool valley and we get up about eight in the morning and uh, we're all awake. Hey, wait, we're going to go. Okay. Well, and all of a sudden it sounded like a friggin' jet, like a military jet buzzed us. But then we realized Iceland doesn't have a military. <laughs> right. And, you know, so we go, what the hell? And then we realized no more than about a quarter mile up this canyon that we were in, there there was this multi, like probably over a hundred ton rockfall occurred off one of these Whoa. huge bluffs, and it just and it was still going. We all got video of it, like the aftermath. After, but its initial blast when it let go was like it was just it sounded like a jet going like you know thirty feet over your head. Oh jeez. So, that should be some hopefully riveting video of the film. And so, will the film be called Squatch Plunders Iceland? Have you decided on I, the title? I don't think so. What? I'm seriously thinking. No, I think I'm thinking about calling it like ridiculously beautiful. No, 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 days no, in Iceland. no, 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 no. Listen, listen. I've got you know <laughs> we've got some lawyers and a marketing team on retainer that can help you craft a title that will compel millions of people in the United States to buy said documentary. Squatch, I have a question for you. Yes, yes, ma'am. How many Icelandic women have blocked you on Tinder so far? <laughs> <laughs> so let's see. Uh, I think 18. Uh, hey, oh, <laughs> wow. Okay. 18. Yeah. I actually did have a, a Tinder date, or actually a couple of Tinder dates. I mean, with one woman who was Icelandic. That's all I'm saying. In Iceland or in California? No, in Iceland. Yes, what? In California. So, POD was joking, but ladies and gentlemen, no, that is, it is not curious. a joke. Yeah, I didn't. I, honestly, when I got here, I, was, I didn't know if Tinder was like truly international. So I turned. So you got to test it out. Yeah, and it was. Um, I still can't pronounce her name, but. <laughs> what? Well, you know. I think it. I think it starts with a B, and it sounds like dork. No, it's no. Uh, I, no, it's actually. Hey man, we're trying. This is a family-friendly show. Please, no explicitives. I don't know what you just said, but it it sounded uh, sounded like a Greek pastry. Yeah, a little fajola. Oh, oh, and it was sweet. (laughs) Oh wow, wow. Okay, keep it in your pants, Squatch. All right, any any uh, closing remarks here before we we head into trail news with Mags? I'd let you go. Uh, Let me think here. Wait a minute. Let me. If you're gonna uh, if you're gonna come to Iceland, you want to hike a bit. There's a great hike in the uh, northeast from uh, this this um, big valley up there called Asbergay, which Ask looks like a ass. Just think of Asperger's, and then okay. they're gay. It sounds like the, the the prank calls on The Simpsons. Hey, uh, is there an Asbergay there? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you hike from there, and you. And it's just this awesome hike along this beautiful, like, rugged canyon that looks like somewhere out of southeast Oregon, all the way down to the biggest waterfall in all of Europe. Iceland technically counts as part of Europe. And 
It's called Dentafoss. And, uh, dental floss. And dental I called it dental floss. Yeah, that's the easy way. So you have the Asperger Just a great dental hike. floss. That's, that would be my number. Oh, and also that hike. And then uh, we did another like four-day chunk down in the south central from Land Manalauga to Thorsmark. Ooh. And that is an awesome, crazy, beautiful, multicolored um, it, it's great. I mean, just just go to Iceland if you're thinking about it. And um, although there's a lot of light, and you know, it's two in the morning here, but it's it, it looks like it's about you know seven a.m. seven p.m. somewhere in the United States right now. Very dusky, but yeah. Well, yeah. yeah so so it, it actually doesn't get completely dark up there this time of year, correct? Yeah, yeah. It's getting darker every night, but then, uh, yeah, so there's no chance to see any of the Aurora Borealis, but it apparently goes on here all the time. I mean, it's like like when it is dark, odds are good. Like every other night, if there's no clouds, you can you can see the northern lights in Iceland. So I, if I come back, I'd like to come back, you know, sometime like October, November, where there's still some light, right. but then it's dark enough where you could, you know, have a good shot at, at, uh, at seeing them. Well, Squatch, you know what they say, the odds are good, but the goods are odd. What's, we have, we have to end on that? Yeah, no, no, we don't. Actually, folks, ladies and gentlemen, the website is SquatchFilms.com. The man is Scott Squatch Harriet, and the film, <laughs> the upcoming film is Squatch Plunders Iceland. Well, Squatch, thanks so much for being on the show. It was ridiculously right, guys, beautiful. Thank, thank you. <laughs> all right, we'll thanks. talk to you later, man. Okay, okay, dude. Bye-bye, Bye-bye, guys. I hope that was just uh, what happens to a voice between Boulder, Colorado, and Iceland over you know a million different... He, he almost sounded a little like Clint Eastwood and Gran Torino. He sa- no, he, yeah. he sounded like creepy Rob Lowe from the cable commercials that are popular. <laughs> creepy Rob Lowe. But I almost yeah. expect... Or Batman. Cri- you know, Christian Bell, Batman. Yeah. And with all the news, this fit to be heard, Mr. Paul Mags Mignotti. Mags, take it away. All right, a lot of news, but I'll make it quick. One, we'll discuss it later, but I'll just say a quote that really sums it up. They, meaning Appalachian Trail through hikers, represent 3% of our use and about 20% of our effort, says the park director of Baxter State Park. <gasps> it's about a bottle of champagne. Hey, you know, anyway. Yeah, we'll get to that a little bit later on in the show. So, folks, if you're going to take a selfie... And you can do it in Yellowstone. For the love of God, don't do it from a bison that can flip you into the air as you pose for a selfie. I this what? Guy, Yes. A bison, a woman was doing a selfie with this how many thousand pounds? Thousands of pounds of animal. Yes. <laughs> Primal animal. Exactly. Megafauna. Megafauna. Mega. And the woman was taking a selfie and the bison tossed her into the oh air. My. Is she okay? Gay. She did not die. She was. Not, She's hospitalized. She was not hurt that bad. But the but. sad part is, this is the fifth run in this year. What? Yes. This I is the worst one. This with the, bison. With yes. bison. It's all with bison. Yes. You I, know, almost, I almost stepped on a bison once. It was terrifying. I typically do my bison selfies with a blowtorch, so if the bison gets a little too close, I just sort of... Yeah. <laughs> I, once, I once snuggled with a bison and took a nap. Was that Max? No. Oh. No, no. I like a real bison. I curled oh. up. <laughs> bison. Cold. Bye, son. <laughs> thank you, thank you. So, on a little more serious, so Solanex of Baton Rouge is hoping to drill the summer in uh, Badger Two Medicine Area, right next to Glacier National Park. Yes, they're going to drill. Wait, they're trying who? to drill. Or it, is it some for, energy company? Yes. Is that, okay. Nine square mile federal energy lease, right next to Glacier. What could possibly go nothing, wrong? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. 
You know, some would say that's crazy talk, like putting a monorail in Grand Canyon. <laughs> well, isn't Glacier on fire? Are you? I don't uh, want to. Well, you know, that's a nice segue. I don't want to steal your thunder. No, that's Max, a good segue. Please. So this was just posted yesterday. Um, closures due to wildfire in Glacier, uh, over four thousand acres at this point. What? Um, going pretty much down the whole park. The going to the Sun Road from Big Bend to St. Mary, Logan Pass, and Logan Pass Visitor Center, Rising Sun Campground, all Rising Sun facilities. St. Mary Creek Campground Visitor Center and the Highline Trail for Granite Park Chalet to Logan Pass. That's going to be an interesting finish this year for some of those CDT through You know hikers. what I think the CDT through hikers need to do? They need to go to Baxter State Park. <laughs> <laughs> they need to go to Baxter State Park and finish and the finish CDT. There? On that's right. That's right. And just raise a ruckus, man. Just well, raise a they, ruckus. They've been raising a ruckus, all right. <laughs> and this would have been our main news discussion. We got overshadowed by a bottle of champagne, but oh, we weren't going to discuss it. But there's a really excellent article about this that we post on our Facebook page about the hiking fugitive James um, Harmus. Oh, fantastic. Bismarck, fantastic. Has eluded. And that was a great article because it shows. Amazing. Well, in brief, he was on the a run for since 2009. He embezzled almost $9 million from his, oh, his yeah. account, and he hid out in the thru-hiking community. And this article, um, again, it's on our Facebook page. It's from a sports magazine, of all things. It was really mm. – it showed – Interesting. It showed how it related to the greater Appalachian Trail community. I was able to blend in to right. a certain extent, but how because it's really not exactly low-profile, the Appalachian Trail, is becoming somewhat well-known. What was trail. his trail name? Bismarck. Bismarck. Mm. Hmm. So anyway, as uh, in Bismarck Key, it's or been right. kind of buried. You, you got what I need. No, nothing. Uh, no, uh, no, like uh, as in Bismarck, North Dakota. <laughs> nothing. Okay. <laughs> but uh, the the end story of that is another thru hiker saw his show, uh, his story on America's Most Wanted. American really? Gr- American another thru hiker. There were two. Cr- there was two of them. Two okay. real crime shows. What? Yeah. Wow, he was on two crime shows. That's yes. crazy. Fantastic. And he was apprehended at Trail Days by the FBI. They came to the bed and breakfast where he was staying. That's awesome. That he stayed at. That is. Wear a squatch when you need him. It's a carnival out there, man. It's a carnival between the champagne and America's <laughs> Most Wanted and, and nine million dollars in embezzlement of cash. Yeah, I mean, what wh- what could happen next? You know, naked hikers in laundromats? I don't know. What could happen next, Elo? Please. The governor of South Carolina could disappear <laughs> on the Appalachian Trail. <laughs> That's like, what could happen next. What, what is going on? In the last two years, the AT has been a magnet for ridiculosity. And okay. the September well, Walk in the Woods is coming m- out. More than the last two years. More <laughs> two decades. Yeah, what's going mean, to happen it, it, with the numbers I mean, of hikers in the AT next spring, man, after the. Remember, there's going to be a bunch of fugitives out. out there. Remember Eric Rudolph back in yes, the late 90s? Yes, yes, yes. He, he hit out. I can't do that. Yeah, with him, oh, yeah, 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 okay. All right, and here's some good news and serious news. The CDTC and the CDT Society announced a cooperative agreement. So, Jim Wolf. It has merged his operation with CDTC. I heard he surrendered. <laughs> Dilo, how dare you? How dare you, well, sir? Well, he felt the CDTC, which, um, in fair disclosure, I'm a board member, so I'm kind of biased, is more of a grassroots. Oh, wait a minute. Do we need lawyers in the room? If you're Legal. Is, there, the is there a conflict of interest here? I, there I, may be. I, Perhaps. Dilo? But if you remember the old CDTA, they were not grassroots. We might need mags to True. leave the room and read this from out in the hallway. <laughs> <laughs> that that should yeah, cover all the bases. But okay. they're much more grassroots, which Jim Wolf is all about. Yeah. Well, I think that's very good news. You know, joining Jim Wolf, of course, is such a esteemed person in the Continental Divide Trail community. So that's just really awesome news. And lastly, we'll end on a, a happy note for a change. Okay, very good. And this is a little bear on bear action. 
Oh, yeah, hey I heard about this. So th- I think this is really interesting. So a black bear got into a Baker Lake resort, which is by, run by Fish and Wildlife, and he drank 36 cans of Rainier beer and passed out. <laughs> and then he burned his jeans with a blowtorch. <laughs> but it gets even better. He tried the... There I'm was just there give were, bear a hand. Oh, there were cans of bush beer there. He tried one, didn't drink any of the other ones. <laughs> <laughs> so he preferred Rainier. Yeah, he actually had a preference. Dear huh. God. Or maybe okay. that... Maybe the Keystone Light was like number 40 or something, and he was like, no, I can't do it. Can't do it. Or whatever number it was. Well, he actually distinguished between the two types of beer. He tried (laughs) Bush. He's like, ah, this is crap. This is swell. Have you had Rainier beer? And then the black bear woke woke up and was like, where where are my panties? (laughs) But, you know, I picture like. Wow. Wow. This is like. (laughs) Oh, my God. A good old boy beer. You know, he's like at a fishing area drinking 36 cans of Rainier beer. And I almost picture him like with an ATV or something. <laughs> That's the mental image I'm getting. <laughs> maybe a Texas flag in the background. I don't know. It's what Washington do you think? State. Okay, so no Texas flag. You know the east side of the Cascades, Oregon and Washington, both they're, they're kind of rednecky. That's okay. God's country. So you you said, just said that everybody who lives on the east side of the Cascades is a redneck. Is no, that, I said it can be. Hey, Swami, just, it's like saying Rhode Island can be a little guidoey. It, it just happens. Swami says. <laughs> Swami, our good friend Swami <laughs> says the east side of the the Cascades. Oh, he calls it God's country. God's country. No, the rancher told him it's God's country. The Clackamas, man. Yeah. The Clackamas. God, like, and yeah, if if you may recall, he said, "This is God's country." Yeah, and by the way, Swami's getting ready to head to the country of Colombia. Yes. And we're going to get him on the Skype next month's show to see how his hike went. Speaking of Swami, Swami has declined going to the Alda West Gathering because he's not the featured speaker. So I would like everybody to <laughs> to tag him in Twitter and what whatnot those things are at The Hiking Life. And say that he needs to come to the Alda West Gathering. Just because the party's not for him doesn't mean that he can't <laughs> oh, still come wow. to the party. Swami, you can send all hate mail to POD there at dot All the hate mail he's, will be directed at Swami. He's jealous that I'm going to be the keynote speaker, he is. isn't he? He's Do jealous. You, yeah, most people don't know and that. And the thing but is, he's going to be in the States during that time. Huh. But he's all like, no, I can't go. How blah, dare blah, you, blah, Swami. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, How dare you, Swami. He and I don't get along that at well. The so when they, when they gave the keynote speech to me i think that really just made him mad yep so please harass swami via you know the twitter and the at the hiking life all right ladies and gentlemen there goes mags he he ran out the door trail news is over we've got some beers to crack we'll be back with more trail show in a moment Have a brew. The Trail Show is back. You're listening to The Trail Show, and we are heard on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. That break music you just heard was from last month's guest, Mr. Aria Zoner. Check out all his music available at WholeFoodHiker.com. We are sampling some Mountain America jerky. We just had the elk jerky, the regular flavor, not the spicy. We're, we're going to try that in a bit. Um, and we just broke into the alligator jerky. Yeah, so we're eating alligator jerky and drinking peanut butter beer <laughs> here on the trail show tonight. Ain't and that right? 
Max. I was saying, you've realized we've had different people approach us to review the gear. And we've declined. So, you know, nothing wrong with the gear, but it's not really what we're about. Right. We have agreed to review Pat's Backcountry Brews and Jerky. So, meat and beer will review. Yeah, we will. And um, so I got to meet Chuck Watson, who owns Mountain America Jerky. Tell us about Chuck. Chuck has been in the jerky business since 1997. You don't say. And he's here in Denver. He's here in Denver. This is a Colorado-based company. That's fantastic. Is this Colorado Alligator? It could be. No, they have the alligator. I actually talked to Chuck about the alligator. Where is the alligator from? Louisiana. There is an alligator farm. There is an do. alligator farm out in the San Luis Valley. Yeah, but that's more of like a petting zoo sort of scenario, if I understand correctly. That's not like a, pr- a meat production. That's nah. correct. Okay. So, um, Chuck told me, yeah, he's been doing jerky since 97, based out of Denver. They've got a lot of exotic meats in their lineup, including alligator, kangaroo, wild boar, duck, alpaca, antelope, and yak. Alpaca? Kangaroo? You, you can get kangaroo jerky, D-Lo. Wow. We're eating the alligator one right now. Did, are the kangaroos farmed in the U.S. there, or are they coming out of Australia? I'm sure they're coming out of Australia. Wow, man. Farm out. So, Chuck was nice enough to give us a couple packages to try, and we're going to be sampling these on the rest of the show. And um, I should tell you, the best way to get Mountain America Jerky is directly online from mountainamericajerky.com. Well, it's really good. I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, I actually had some elk jerky, and it was pretty good. And if you're going to eat alligator jerky, I definitely recommend chasing it with a peanut butter porter from... (laughs) From a Terrapin. T- Terrapin Brewery in Georgia. Fantastic, man. The flavors right now in my mouth, it's just like an explosion of flavors. <laughs> the, the last thing I'll mention real quickly about the jerky wow. is, um, so we've got these 1.75-ounce packs, which I think are perfect for hiking size, but you can get yeah, bigger. He has so. three and a quarter-ounce packs, so you can get bigger sizes of jerky, or you can just you know buy it in the small size. And He said they'll last up to six months unopened, so take them on the trail, take them on... Uh, to the office, take them on some day hikes, D-Lo. Take, take them out in your backyard when you're landscaping. Boom, bam. Take them on yeah. brew hikes. <laughs> take them on brew hikes. All right, let's get into Trail of the Month. So this is a first for the Trail Show. We've never done the same trail twice. But it's a special occasion. It I is. It is a special occasion. Now, I should mention, the last time, which was the first time we covered the Sierra High Route, was March of 2013, which was well over two years ago. So it's been a while, and one of us here in studio has just come off an SHR through hike. Dun, da, da, da. P.O.D., take it away. Okay, well, first I want to mention that Ken Steinhoff was also doing the SHR, and we thought we would run into each other, but we ended up not. So I just wanted to say to Ken, sorry about that, and hope you had a great hike. Okay, so this year, high route. Just to recap, it's uh, about 200 miles, roughly, 33 passes. 30 miles around the... Whoa. How many? 33. And those are like over 11,000 feet, I believe. 30 miles around the JMT, but there's some other miles on other trails. It's not just 30 miles on trail. There's some, there's some trail miles in there that aren't listed. Um, mostly it's class two and class three. I, I suppose one of the things that we did could be considered class four. I don't know. I, I don't know how to, to rate those things, so I'm not a good person to ask. If you fell, would you have died? And would you have preferably been on a rope uh probably preferably been on a rope i don't know about dying would you have been hurt well yeah very badly i mean it there, was probably class four then yeah there yeah there were some areas there the cool thing about the sierra high route is that it's a route you know you can do whatever you want i mean there's a proposed route on a map 
but uh, you know, some of the guys in our group they they took a um, a different approach at one point, and they went over the saddle between Banner and Ritter instead of taking the actual SHR. Uh, that means their through hike is invalid. That's correct. I will say that if you're going to deviate from the route, you really need to know what you're doing. Uh, they had talked to Trauma about it uh, before they decided to take that route. And he said, oh, yeah, it's great. It's really fun. And then they said it was super sketchy and gnarly. So, you know, just, you know, do your research, I guess, before you just kind of off and do your own thing. Oh, one, your ability one, level. One man's fun is another man's death-defying experience. That's right. Hmm. We we were thinking we would do about 16 miles per day, and that turned out to be a little too much for some of us at the beginning of the trail. A little ambitious, if you will. Yeah, not for everybody. Bobcat and Tomato, they could have done, I feel like they could have done 20s out of the gate, but anyway, that's, that's another thing. Well, by God. And then you can also do this thing called the Southern Extension, which is the Allen Dixon route. It splits at Mather Pass, and it adds about 75 miles to the total route, or you can do what Bobcat and Tomato did which they did the entire Sierra High Route. And then they went up from Road's End, they went to Upper Vedette Meadow and headed south. So they kind of highlighted. The Southern Extension has a lot on the PCT. It does have some off-trail stuff that's supposedly really cool. Yes? Question. So Gizmodo just called the Sierra High Route the toughest hike in America. And just so that I'm clear, if the toughest hike in America isn't good enough for you, then maybe you're the kind of guy that does the Southern Extension. Correct or incorrect? Maybe. Or you just have more time, so why not? Okay. I mean, yeah. Okay. I am just, just, just want to, you know, get the pulse of the and, room And here. I haven't had a chance to talk to Tomato and Bobcat about that route. There are a few off-trail sections that look really, really spectacular, but I would like to know from them how it compared to the right. Sierra High Route. Enough with the small talk. How was hiking with All Good and Snorkel? We want the dirty details. Yeah, so just so everybody knows, there were five of us, uh, Bobcat, Tomato, Snorkel, All Good, and myself. And we all hiked together until Red's Meadow, and then we decided we were going to split up because Bobcat and Tomato were so fast. Huh? So fast. It was insane. And also, so far, joined us at Red's Meadow, and he was hiking with those guys so I mostly hiked with Snorkel and All Good. Even when the five of us were together, it was mostly Snorkel, All Good, and myself. And it was so fun. We had such a good time. I've been friends with Snorkel for a while and All Good, but I, I'd never hiked with them. And it was such a great experience. We had, it was just a blast. You know, even though it was tough every single day, we still had fun every single day and cut up. And You know, they say you don't really know a person until you lay down some miles with them. Yeah, I would agree with that. I Talk mean, to us about the talus. The talus, you know, I don't know what my expectations were going into this trip. I had a lot of anxiety about it. Did you expect more talus or less talus? I had no idea what it was going <laughs> to be like. No, not necessarily. Really? I just... Uh, Did you know how much fun it is to hike across talus for hours on end before you stepped out on the Sierra High Route? <laughs> no, uh, I did not. Yeah. I had never done that before. Yeah. Come on, you've done Trails 13ers with D'Lo and the Sangres. You know about it's talus. It's true. I have Yeah, but I that's not... Done, th- those are usually... No, that's not the same thing because it's usually just <clears throat> a few hours and then it's over. Yeah. And then there's a trail. Yeah. It's not like... Well, that was four hours of talus. Oh, and now we go over this pass, and what's on the other side? More oh, talus. Four hours of talus down. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, parts of the Sierra High Route, the talus is stable. 
I definitely got to the point where I preferred the big talus. It's kind of fun, actually. The big talus is it's like a big jungle gym. You can really climb around on it. You get, you get that upper body workout on yeah. the big Oh, also, too. all good almost killed me the first day. That was oh, exciting. Sent a rock crashing your way? Yeah. We were down climbing, and it was... There was a lightning storm coming in, so we were trying to go really fast. Did he, he yell? Did he yell? Rock? He did. Yeah. He put his foot down on something that looked like it was going to be stable. It was a giant boulder, and then it wasn't. And I was only about six feet below him. Oh, and geez. he yeah. yelled, and I was able to jump out of the way just in time, and it kind of like grazed my arm and my leg. And um, it's not his fault. I mean, no, we, we no. were just rushing, you know. And Talus and, is unstable. Yeah, and we. But that was good. It was the first day, and we learned. You know, after that, we were a lot more careful. All of us more, about more spaced out. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So, um, yeah, totally not his fault at all, but it's just kind of funny. It was like the first day and he and I looked at each other and we're, we're just like, okay, so that's maybe, how this is going to be. Maybe there all needs right. to be more space between us on these gigantic yeah. talus fields. Yeah. How um, about the scree? Was there some fun scree? There wasn't very much scree, oh, to be honest. Mostly talus. Mostly talus. There was cool. one pass we came down. I want to say it was Sky Pilot Cole, but I can't remember because that's how I am. That it was really loose, deep scree on the other side that was fun. Because you could dig your heels in and you could kind of ski kinda down. Do yeah, that was skiing. really awesome. Do you think some of the, the talus and the scree would have been easier had there been snowpack? You could have actually like edged and, and yes, crossed that yes way. Yes and no. We talked about that a lot because a lot of people go early season. Yeah. And, and the, the, so, the, so that they can walk on the snow. Yeah. yeah. And the reality is I think going up would be great be a lot easier you got your crampons done boom boom right but if there's a lot of snow going down those passes ooh, that that's a whole other level of stress for me anyway sure. i'd rather deal with the rocks myself plus if you're on snow on top of talus you run the risk of poking through Poke, that snow punching through. into who knows what kind of talus breaking an ankle yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. that's really i mean hard. i don't know it's it's whatever people prefer if people are more comfortable in snow then then for sure they should do it then for me I definitely prefer the rock over the snow, I think. And but speaking of snow, you all got caught in a legitimate yeah, snowstorm, so, correct? Yeah. So we, we were camped up right below Shout of Relief Pass. Well, be- well, below who? Shout of Relief Pass. That's the, that's the actual name on the map? Yes. And Shout actually, of Relief? Allgood and, and Snorkel and I were on track to do a 20-mile day that day. We were so excited. Wow. It was going to be huge, and for sure we were going to make it. It was going to be awesome. And we got up to Tully Lake, which is at the base of Shadow Relief Pass, and um, this crazy lightning hailstorm came in, which is very unusual for the Sierra. And we're like, let's throw up the tent. So Disco and I bought a duo mid. Is that what it's called? No. A duo something. It's called a duplex. Duplex. The Z-Pax duplex. Fantastic tent. It's a two-person tent. Hey, man. Hey, no, no free advertising on the trail show, okay? I have to because it was amazing. <laughs> it was so great. We set up the tent. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So I was carrying a two-person tent because it's all disco and I own. We set up the tent. All three of us, Snorkel, Olga, and myself, we got in there, and we were trapped in the tent for three hours. We wrote some Mad Libs and ate a bunch of potato chips. How it was did really it smell fun. in there? Not so great. Okay. <laughs> and then... At some point, we, we were like, we have to call it. There's not enough time. Even if the storm clears, there's not enough time for us to get over the next two passes to get to a point where we would be safe to camp. So it stormed all on and off all night. We were going to get up early the next day. Uh, kept hailing at 4 a.m. Hail starts again. Lightning starts again. At 6.30, it starts snowing. 
like ice. Wait a minute. Lightning at 4 a.m.? Yeah. Isn't it supposed to calm down during the night? We had several mornings where it stormed at like it would start storming at four a.m. That's really a little. Huh. That's unnerving when you're going to be above tree line all day yeah. and you've got a four a.m. storm. So we it snowed on us and we decided at like eight thirty we're like okay we're not going to be able to go over those passes. We're going to backtrack and we had to backtrack down to Tully Hole and then out over Goodale Pass over to VVR. It was a twenty mile day in the snow. It was Oof. pretty intense. And when we went, went over Goodale Pass, it was a whiteout. It was a total, it, it was like winter up there. It was, it was crazy. It was so crazy. In July. Yeah. And then we had Disco do a spot forecast. And the next day it was supposed to be snow, lightning. Yeah. It, <laughs> I got a text. Or no. Um, uh, he's yeah, got. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Get a text. Hold on. Back up Okay. Here. Yeah. Snow and lightning. Yes. Wow. In July. And it was supposed to be like that the next day. How much snow and, actually and accumulated? And a high of 41. Um, up high, uh, quite a bit, actually, because the next couple of days we could see the the peaks had a bunch of fresh snow on so them. So there was a few inches of snow. About yeah, wow. for sure. I know we've covered SHR before, but w- just real quickly, how long is it? Where does it start and finish? Base? So it's 200 miles. Okay. Starts at starts the start and finish are Roads End and Twin Lakes. Twin Lakes. Roads End is in Mount Whitney, correct? N- no. Well, it's down. one access point, I think. Okay, it's down that way. So Roads End is on the east side, the west side, <coughs> and Twin Lakes is on the east side, which poses a little bit of a transportation issue. Yeah. Um, you can go either way. I was actually looking over Skirka's page before we recorded, and he went north. And Steve Roper, who wrote the Sierra High Route Traversing Timberline Country, he wrote his guidebook north. There's a lot more instructions about going north and south. Although I would say the Steve Roper southbound information is sufficient for sure. Skirka talked about going north and how much better it is for the sun, which, I don't know, I think you can burn the backs of your knees as easily as you can burn your face. I don't know which one's worse. Uh, He also talked about the southern slopes being more gentle, so it was easier to come up that way. And I don't... What I remember is... Pretty much every pass we went over going southbound, I, w- I thought to myself, I am so glad I don't have to go down that way. Hmm. But hmm. that's my take. I mean, people go, di- you know, both directions. Um, as far as the information, there's the Skirka Maps, the Steve Roper book. There's also a book uh, by Seacores called Peaks, Passes, and Trails. We ran into some ladies that were out doing some off-trail hiking, and they had that book, which just has a ton more information about the Sierra as a whole and going off trail and all that kind of stuff. Um, so you actually ran into other people on the SHR? Yeah, we, we ran into these three ladies when we finished. One of them, her name's Karen, and she they had just been out for 10 days doing mostly off-trail hiking. And wow. they'd done most of the Sierra High Route in sections every year. And hmm. it was really cool to meet them. They were, they were pretty badass. Were those like the only people you ran into? We ran into another couple, uh, Virginia and Liver, that were doing the Sierra High Route. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know but them? No of them. Okay. We've corresponded. Um, and I think that's it. As so far there's as not, Sierra there's not many people out there? No. Interesting. There's not. Wow. Um, also, if you're going to go out there, I strongly recommend taking the Tom Harrison overview maps for where you're going to be. If you didn't have those, that's the way we figured out we could get out via, v- we could get out via, via VVR and then back to our route. So those are super helpful. It's not the Pacific Crest Trail. <laughs> No, it's mm-hmm. not. There's yeah. mostly no trail. Did you see any bears? No. No bears. Not a one. I don't think there's bears. You're up, up too high. I think you're up yeah. too high. There's no food up there. Yeah. We no right near beer? 
No, no beer. <laughs> no beer. We did have a night. So the five of us are all going to be at All the West, and we're going to record a show, a little bonus show, and kind of recap in more depth. There was one night with a marmot. I'm not going to tell the story now, but it was Ooh, for the, the bonus show. craziest night I've ever had camping. And Ooh. I laughed about it the rest of the trip. But anyway. But yeah. Did you see any rangers? We saw a ranger our last day near Bench Lake. Did they check your permit? No. Would you be willing to speak a little bit about the process of getting your oh, permit yeah, of initially? Course. You have to you have to apply for a permit based on where you're starting. And this is another reason that I would argue that going southbound is easier. Because that whole road's end area, all that stuff, there's so many people that start from those trails down there. From the trailhead that we started at, it's a lot less traffic. So I had to call about three different ranger districts to figure out who was in charge of where I was starting. It turned out it was the first place I had called, but they were confused. So I finally talked to somebody, downloaded the form... And on the form, it says, list your itinerary, and it has eight lines. And I talked to the ranger, and I said, so this has eight lines. We're probably going to be out for about 16 or 17 days. And he said, oh, yeah, just add some lines on the back of the page and write where you're going to camp every night. And I said, well, we're actually going to be on the Sierra High Route off trail, so I don't know exactly where we're going to be camping. And he said, well, you have to make some decisions and write them down. And I was like, I, I love it. Okay. I love it. So I went. Like, looked at a friend's journal who had done it, looked at the maps, and I just wrote down random spots, basically. Fantastic. Like, some yeah. of the spots were, like, one mile south of such and such a lake, you know. Um, the Totten Stream Campground. Oh, yeah. Um, so then I sent it in. <laughs> I sent it in, and then the ranger called me, and he said, hey, I have your permit here, and so you want a permit for six people going out of this trailhead, but I only have space for four so you have to go out to a different trailhead that's right next to that trailhead. And you have to do a different itinerary that adds like eight miles to your... I'm going to play some yeah. appropriate music and for I was this like, story. Okay, go ahead and change it. You know? So he changed it. And then he said, okay, I'm going to change it. And, and it's all set. You're good to go. And I was like, sweet. So then I get some paperwork in the mail that's like, this is not your permit. This is just some paperwork to tell you that you don't have your permit. You must <laughs> pick up your permit in person the day before your hike. So wait a minute. You download a phone off the web to send it in to then be told via postal mail that you have to show up in person to pick up a yeah. paper permit. I'm, com- I'm confused, Max. Yeah, so all these people complain about 20 bucks for a Smokies permit you could do online. Go suck eggs in Boston. Yeah, boy. I know. Man, the thing, you know what the weird thing is? If I were just one person, this permit would be $3. So, so, oh, so we're talking about a $3 permit here. Well, I, I had six people, so it was 18 But still, if it were just me and I'd done the same work, $3 for someone to open my itinerary, scrutinize it, call me on the phone, and then send me an oversized envelope without my permit. Sure as hell doesn't sound like it's worth $3, it's crazy. does Because yeah. each park superintendent has a lot of control over what they allow and don't allow. Something like Canyonlands, you can do it all online to get a yeah. permit. Mm-hmm. Others? Like I don't think anywhere in California well, you can do it online. Max, the crazy part is this piece she's talking about was actually U.S. Forest Service. She yeah. wasn't dealing oh, with National well, Park no. Service, um, which shocked me. May I call? I, I knew. Well, well, I would expect yes. what her story to come from. No, I, yeah, I apologize. But still, yeah. wow. Anyway. Yeah. Who, so, yeah, permitting, I don't even know what to tell people on that. Good luck is all I can say. <laughs> um, it's still by the superintendent. So, like, right. The yeah. Sierra High Route is broken down into five different uh, 
segments. There's Cirque Country, White Bark Country, Lake Country, Headwaters Country, and Canyon, con- Canyon Country. It sounds very British Isle. And so I was hiking with some friends of mine today, and um, they were asking me about, is there any like weekend trips or week-long trips you could do on the Sierra High Route? And I, didn't, I don't know for sure. I actually threw away my maps as I went, so I have no intel for you. But if you get the maps, there are a lot of loops you could do from Horseshoe Lakes, from VVR. So Roads End, VVR, the Paiute Pass Trail, we crossed that. So I know that you could do some really cool stuff from there into the Bear Lakes area, Bishop Pass, and Taboose Pass. And if you're Bobcats, a one-week hike anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. <laughs> FKT. Yeah. I bet they set the FKT and they didn't even know it. You know, if you know, Probably. for those who know, Bobcat is an awesome hiker, extremely soft spoken, too. Yeah, yeah it, and we're going to talk a little bit more about Bobcat a little bit later. I've yeah. got something and, to talk about. And a, a little uh, tip of, or I, I should say, we're going to show our cards a little bit. Bobcat will be on a future trail show to talk yes. about the Great Divide Trail. Yes. Awesome. He's, do, he's doing that next. Is he on the trail right now? Uh, maybe Sunday. Get ready to start. Yeah. He'll be done halfway by Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> It's only 800 miles, right? So uh, I also wanted to mention that I met this guy, Bruce, at Parchers, which is this really awesome resort on the east side of Bishop Pass. It's really hiker-friendly. So we met this guy, Bruce. We were were trying to get a ride back up to the trail for the next day, and and he was like, oh, I'll give you guys a ride. And he was like, what are you doing? And we said, well, we're doing the Sierra High Route. And he was like, oh, yeah. Did you go over such and such a pass? And, you know, he started listing all this stuff. And thankfully, Snorkel and Allgood were there to – to verify whether or not we had gone over those passes because I never remember the names. Anyway, so we started talking to him, and um, he did something similar in 1977. Oh, wow. And I was like, dude, I would love to talk to you more about this. Please send me an email. I gave him my email address. So he sent me an email, and this is I just want to read what he wrote because it's really interesting. You said that you would be interested in hearing more about my trip on the high route in 1977. I pulled out some of my maps and copy of Steve Roper's Sierra High Route, published in 1982. In the introduction, he says that it occurred to me, this is Steve Roper talking, it occurred to me some five years ago that if I scouted the range carefully, I might be able to piece together a continuous route that would remain longer in Timberline country than does the John Muir Trail. So now this is Bruce. So my friends and I put together a similar route at about the same time as Roper was coming up with the idea. I was 17 at the time. (laughs) Damn. Yeah. During the 1977 trip, we started from Mammoth and went to North Lake in two weeks. Not quite the pace that your group hikes at. We might not have followed the same route, but did go through Pioneer Basin, Second Recess, over Gabbett Pass, Bear Lakes, and Feather Pass. The only maps available at the time were 15-minute quads, not the more detailed 7.5-minute maps that are published now. Damn. Yeah. I did another trip during 1981 that went over Bishop Pass, Knapsack Pass, and then down to Deer Meadow, up Cataract Creek to Amphitheater Lake, Dumbbell Lakes, Lake Basin, Cartridge Creek, Windy Ridge, Horseshoe Lake, State Lakes, Granite Pass, and down to Cedar Grove. A slightly different version than the last week of your trip. I checked out the trail show and hoped that it will inspire me to keep hiking and one day get out and do longer trails again. So that's from Bruce Garbaccio. Hey, forget so about. So this guy was so cool, super humble and friendly, and he was doing the same thing at the same time Roper was doing it without Roper's books, without detailed maps, without any GPS information. 
And well, Roper was doing the route without I know, that's Roper's what I, that, books. I know, I know, because I just, it was brand new. But this guy was seventeen, so he told me yeah, he, had, he had hiked the J- the JMT the year before when he was sixteen. Damn, so little Everett Roos. And he and his friends were like, you know, I bet we could make our own route that stays up higher. And they got out these maps, and it just blows me away because we we deviated from the route a couple times, and it was really sketchy. So and I mean, we have better maps. We were like, oh, this totally goes. It'll be fine. And then we get to the other side and we're like, oh, it's a giant cliff. I'm sure we can get down if we just grasp those ledges there and lower ourselves down, you know? So I don't know. I was just really impressed by this guy. It's really awesome. Wow. And 77 was an amazing year because you think of the legendary class of 77, with, you know. On the PCT. With Strider, you know, unfortunately passed away this year. And the yeah. Kelty kid and Mad Monty. and Mad Monty. There, there was some pretty tough people back then, what they did. And, yeah. You know, we're, we're pretty spoiled nowadays with our backpacking. For sure. Now, P.O.D., you mentioned um, you all deviated from the route here and there. So that means your hike is incomplete and invalid. That's right? correct. Okay. You, just, which you, is just exactly clarify. Exactly, you know, Roper says uh let me let me find his exact quote here. Now, what's his name? Steve Roper, Jack S- Roper? Stevie Ray Roper is what we called him. Oh, very good. Uh, high Mr. Route Roper. Ad- high route adventurers will not be put off by the lack of an actual trail since much of the singular joy of cross-country travel lies in wandering through the timberland country as the pioneers did, wondering what the next turn will reveal. So we actually missed a pass at the end of the, at the like towards the end of the trip, and it put us off enough that we didn't have enough time to make it where we need to make it to, so that so that everyone could catch their flights basically. So we had to get out our maps and say, "What do we do now? <laughs> where are we going to finish?" And we didn't want to just drop down to the JMT and hike out. That sounded pretty lame. lame. So yeah. we made up our own route, which, <laughs> Whoa, that <laughs> which was involved loud. some. Uh, Bit of a, a bit of some cliff scaling. That was interesting. It was actually quite fun, to be honest. Was it class three or four? I, I don't know. I asked Snorkel when she's on. She'll, okay, she'll very tell good. You. But we camped at this lake. We camped in this lake basin, which nobody goes to. It was our last night on trail. And then the next day, we went out to Boost Pass, which was really cool. Completely different look than the rest of the Sierra. One night, we're camped at this Alpine Lakes. The next night, the end of the day. We're hiking at 5,000 feet through sand and sagebrush, and it felt really awesome. It just mm. felt like we had walked out of the Sierra onto Very the cool. other side. It was oh, really cool. neat. Huh. And like we met these idea. great ladies who had uh, the information about this Secor's uh, peaks, passes, and trails information. So that was cool, too. It was an incredible trip. I feel like I personally gained a lot of self-confidence about route finding and... Climbing on rocks. I think I used to be a little afraid of talus, but I, I actually, it's kind of fun. I mean, at this point, you're pretty much an expert. <laughs> I mean, I'll say it does. You get to the point where you're like, oh my god, let when it end. Yeah. When you're like getting up to the top, you're like, please let there be some green ramps on the other side. Don't cliff out, please. Don't cliff. Out. Yeah. And I had such a good time. All good and snorkel. We're so fun to hike with. And Bobcat and Tomato, too. I mean. But you just didn't see them that much? No, they, they would wait for us for two hours at the top of the, <laughs> top of the oh, pass. Oh, really? Huh. Yeah. And then you'd show up and they'd be like, do we've been here for two hours? Bye. Yeah. And yeah. then they'd say, we'll meet you here. Yep. And we'll meet you here. We did all spend a night together at Tuolumne, July 3rd. And there was this group of guys that were playing Settlers of Catan at like 10, 30, 11 at night. Settler? Oh, that's uber geeky. I know. I just thought it was funny. Like, guys trip out 4th of July. They're in Tuolumne Meadows, the backpackers campground playing Settlers at Catan. Yeah. Anyway. I, I'm not criticizing. I'm kind of geeky We spent myself. a night at uh, Red's, 
No, Tuolumne. Oh, yeah. At the end, right? Yeah, and we spent a night together at Tuolumne. That was really fun that night. Uh, I'll let uh, Tomato talk more about what he witnessed there with the GMT hikers. We spent one night out of Red's Meadow. Bobcat got sick, so we actually all camped together. That was the craziest night of my life story, and we'll talk about that later on the other show. Um, And then at the end, we all met in Lone Pine. We had this plan. No matter what route people took, we would all meet in Lone Pine on a certain date. Was it Bishop or Lone Pine? Lone Pine. Okay. And then, actually, I wanted to mention, after that... We got a ride from this girl, Love Note. She took, up, took us up to Mammoth, and then we had to hitch up to the car. And then four of us drove up to Zach and Buddha's house. Wow. Team Nasty. Team Nasty. Zach and Buddha set up a four-person tent in their backyard. <laughs> and Tomato, Bobcat, Snorkel, and I got oh boy. drunk as skunks. And we get, it, we, it was so much fun. We just stayed up in the tent till late laughing. And Tiny Hand came out for a little bit. Tiny Hand. Yeah. Hashtag tiny hand. And then trauma came over in the morning for breakfast. It was really cool. Oh, he lives oh over my there. God, yeah. uh-huh. it was. It it's was, a cornucopia of hiker celebrities. It was wow. so fun. So thanks to Zach and Buddha too for and to Love Note. So thanks Very for cool. helping us out there. I just texted them. I was like, Hey, I'm in town. Mind if I stop by with three randos? And oh, we're gonna camp in your yard. Is that cool? And they're like, Sure. Nice. So hey, I know I know we got to move on, but real. Real quickly, can you talk briefly, very briefly, about Scotland so far, Forbes's rain gear? It doesn't exist. So he he weathered that snowstorm he with ha- no rain gear. He has a uh, an emergency blanket that is cut open, so it's like a cape. You mean one of those tinfoil type things? <laughs> yeah. So a pop-top Mylar bag, basic, basically. Yeah, but it wasn't so. a bag because it was cut. Oh, it's just like yeah. a sheet. So he, he wraps didn't even himself have pants. in Mylar. He forgot to bring the zip on for his zip off shorts so he just had shorts <laughs> and, and no rain jacket and he went through a snowstorm that's correct okay uh, and it, those it, guys those guys didn't get off trail during the snowstorm they buckled down at some point uh i don't know where had to do some spooning most likely yeah, it was like a three-man snuggle that's actually a, an, an advanced hiking technique um yeah. spooning i'd I, like i'd like I'm to pretty make sure that so far was in the middle during that spoon i'd like to make so far an offer so far if you are willing to accept, the trail show is willing to pony up the fifteen dollars. He won't do it. He won't no, carry no, it. Let me just make him the offer, and then he can reply. We're willing to pony up the fifteen dollars out of our slush fund to buy you a dry ducks rain jacket in the size of your choice. It weighs about six ounces. I know that you know the weight of two king size Snicker bars is pretty heavy in your pack, but if you're willing to accept this rain jacket, this gift from the trail show, we will mail it out to an address of your choosing. You just need to contact us at pod at the trail show dot com, <laughs> and we'll take it from there. Thank you. Yeah. Anyway, it was a great trip. I recommend it to anybody who's done a lot of hiking already and wants to try something new. I would recommend going with some other folks. You can do it by yourself if you want, but I would say that you know sometimes it can be a little strugglesome, and it's kind of nice to have someone there to kind of lighten the mood a little bit. Is strugglesome a word? Yes, it is now. Scrabble approved. All right, Sierra High Route Redux. You heard it here first. Quack, quack. From the. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have any ducks soundtracks on your. I, I've there, got no you? duck soundtracks, man. I've got quack, quack. I, all I've got is is that crickets. Yeah, we need just, to get some ducks I next know. show. Next, next show. show, we'll we'll get ducks. All right, we're gonna do the iTunes top five, and then we're gonna take a break. We had five listeners write in. God bless them because <laughs> we've maxed out. All the iTunes reviews that currently exist. So this segment is done forever, unless in the next month 
five more people uh, leave us reviews. Let's Max. take a hiatus on the iTunes. Let okay. it build up again. Okay, we're going to have to because we're, we're out. Ha- there has been some criticism about the fact that we're reading iTunes From the reviews Onion? on our podcast. The yeah. Onion can't stand it. He this is his <laughs> least favorite segment. Okay. And, and are all five of our listeners different personas of The Onion tonight? One of them is very much The Onion. We'll get to him in a minute. <laughs> all right. Okay. Mark the Drifter says, great show, five stars. I through listen to every episode. Currently, episode 36 in little over one month. Thinking wow. of yo-yoing, <laughs> thinking of yo-yoing it until the next episode. This show's easygoing, carefree attitude. Um, let me start that again. This show's easygoing, carefree attitude really helps me get through the day, and has probably prevented me from murdering most of the people I work with. A plus podcast would listen to again. Yo-yoing does that mean you play it backwards? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think you'd so have we to. We have some secret messages in the podcast. Yeah, we do. So About Red Rum and 666. And Ray Jardine. And Ray. <laughs> you got to play it backwards. <laughs> Only if you do the yo-yo. Ray Jardine will save your life. Ray Jardine will save your life. Mylar, not war. All right, Big Cat NY says, The Trail Show RX five stars. The Trail Show prescription is the best prescription you can ask for. Solves the gloominess of the everyday commute chatter of your distracting workplace, and even stimulates daydreaming. Common side effects do include inability to resist leaving work early on a Friday, random public laughter, sensitivity to sound effects, a strange affection for cats, the <laughs> desire to hang your food from a tree, gummy bear cravings, yes, inability to stop gardening, <laughs> and the instinct to just keep walking. All kidding aside, I love this show. Great beer talks, characters, and even sound effects. Appreciate that. The roundtable style makes for some really great back and forth. The gear talk is minimal. But touch on some really quirky yet good ideas. Don't forget your towel, people. Now, if only they would talk more about Delo's backyard. Now, that place sounds swanky. Get on the trail! That was awesome. I think he liked, he mentioned gardening and your backyard yeah, yeah. individually. I think he's into the... Your side pod- podcast that you're getting ready to start about um, landscaping. Okay. Um, Gruff to Gruff to Gruff says, <laughs> in Russia... <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Take a step back. What did you just say? Uh, I said, Gruff to Gruff to Gruff says, in, <laughs> in Russia, podcast hikes you. Better than a sharp stick in the eye. Five stars. <laughs> <laughs> what? You should get together with Laser Death Kill. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice callback, yes. man. I forgot about Laser Death Kill. Okay, <laughs> Scout620 says, Good show for laughs over a beer. Three stars. Oh. Downloaded several shows to listen to while at work and was especially looking forward to listening to Buck30 talk about the Te Araroa as I'm preparing to hike this trail this fall. Well, I thought Buck30 came prepared and tried to share information for the listeners, the host's interview resembled a food fight, interrupting talking over each other for comedy effect. While I enjoy the banner between hosts, I would be a regular listener if they had a dedicated portion and could set aside the comedy for a few minutes each show to share serious content regarding different trails, hikes, and experiences. All right, let's do that. Any, uh... No, let's do it. Whoops, any, co- any comments there? I'm, I'm going to be very serious right now. Let's do that. And by serious, he means he's, he's going to go to sleep early tonight. I never, go, I never go to sleep early, never. Yeah, so you know, actually, I, 
we interrupt the hell out of each other, and I, it's probably because we're not professional broadcasters. That's we're, right. we're, we're a bunch s- of hikers with microphones. So in someone's living room. You know, you get what you pay for, Scout Six Twenty, <laughs> and the price is right on this on this podcast. So send us fifty one dollars, and we'll <laughs> send you a trail show hat. Hey man, we're not sending out oh, hats. Sorry, for never on, mind. What was this guy's name? Scout Scoutster Trail. Scout Four Twenty. Scout Four Twenty. Never mind, dude. <laughs> okay, last but not least, Cochise Two Three One says total enjoyment five stars. I'm totally enjoying listening to the trail show. I first heard POD and Disco on the Practical Backpacking Podcast and was glad to see them part of this show as well as D-Lo and Mag's great combination. Keep up the great beer and hiking show. It keeps me going on mile 17. Mucho gusto. Mucho gusto. Igualmente, señor. So that's it. We are entirely out of iTunes reviews. And I even looked for Stitcher. We're out of Stitcher reviews. So we got nothing left. To give in that department. All right. I think it's time to put the <laughs> iTunes top five on a quick hiatus. On a hiatus. All right. It's the Trail Show, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be right back. Hang on to your hat. The Trail Show is back. It's D-Lo, Mags, P.O.D., and Disco, and you are listening to The Trail Show. Find us always at thetrailshow.com. So we just broke open some more Mountain America jerky. What did we try? My mouth is on fire. Sweet and spicy. Spicy. So we had um, the sweet and spicy beef jerky, which was really moist and quite lovely. My mouth is on fire now, too. (laughs) Yeah. And and Dilo and I just broke open the spicy elk jerky. Eating right now. And the spicy grows on you. It's Mm -hmm. not spicy at first, but after about, after you finish that piece, about 30 to 45 seconds later, whoo. It has some kick to it. It does have some kick to it. It's really good. Yeah. It has some kick. I I'm uh I might have to get my hands on some more of this stuff. I I, I generally don't like sweet meat. I'm not a sweet meat person, but I did like that sweet and spicy. It was delicious. I think you got to follow up that super spicy jerky with some hopsecutioner from Terrapin Georgia beer. Yeah, that that, that is good. It's very good. It's not over the top hoppy. It's not. It's not like the brewers are trying to mask a poor beer with hops. <laughs> it's a nice, <laughs> as, a our, nice hop, as our friend Hiking creation. Viking said. Yeah, no, the hopsecutioner is good. And we also broke open the black IPA, which uh, it's it's quite good. My, my issue with black IPAs typically is that they taste too much like porters or stouts, and not enough like IPAs. But this one has a good balance. It's right down right down the middle. Jeff Wood really came through for us today, man. man. This this beer is delicious. Jeff I really Wood did hit it. a home run. I have to say the jerky and beer combination. Oh yeah, yeah. fantastic. When are we going to open that Michelob oh, Ultra? Yeah. So I got my. Oh, uh, we'll do that a little bit later, okay. uh, listeners. We do have a Michelob Ultra that my mom left in my refrigerator <laughs> when she visited <laughs> earlier in the year. Uh, yep. Usually I leave the Michelob Ultras that my mom likes to drink in the refrigerator for the next time that she comes. <laughs> but tonight I thought I would bring one here to the trail show and we'll, we'll crack it open well, in a little while. I, I think it was Rigatoni who wanted us to do budget beer. Budget, yeah. And we will. That That is still a thought for an upcoming show is that we're going to do a budget beer review. Yeah, but tonight we'll just crack open a Mick Ultra and we'll we'll talk about it. Well, typically I like to save the Mick Ultra for when I'm trying to hydrate at the end of the night and trying to, you know. Sure, we can do that. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You, know, you could pour it in a roast pan with some brats. Ah, that's about all it's good for, right, Max? 
Hey, hey, hey man, my, it keeps my mom happy. It's low-cal. My aunt, too. My aunt loves the McUltra. I think there's something about the two of them. They just like those, mm. you know, beers that aren't really beer. Yeah. They're, slight, they're, 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 they're beer-like. I they're, love you, Mom. That's like being trail That's not really being, you know, you're not really drinking beer. All right, let's uh, talk about our trips this past month. Other than uh, POD doing this no, year, I have route. another one. I have a separate trip. Okay, well, well I think you should lead us off. Okay, this morning I hiked four fourteeners. Oh, good wow. grief! No, 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 I come didn't. on. No, I didn't. Now you're just bu- now you're just like gloating. I'm lying. And- I actually only hiked three. Oh yeah, one it- of them didn't rise high enough above the low point of its adjacent. No, that's 14ers. not why. It's because yeah. it's illegal to go up to the top of Bross. But it, so Bross rises more than 300 feet from the low point of the ridge connecting yes. it to yes. its neighbor? Yes. Huh. But I didn't go up it because that's illegal, and I would never do anything illegal. Huh. Yep. So I did three 14ers. And looked at a 14 from a With my friends Mark and Julia, who are listeners of the trail show. And Big ups. They're in town, and they actually brought gummy bears and caffeine pills. Nice. Yeah. Wow. So they do that on all their hikes now, which wow. is great. Um, Man, we should, we should produce yeah, so the I trail s- show... Something. Yeah, and I camped up there last night at Kite Lake. It was really pretty. Hmm. So, yeah, that's what I did today. Cool. And Kite Lake's, it's above tree line, right? Yeah, it's at 12,000, I think. That little loop is relatively easy, I must say. Because, I mean, you're starting at 12,000, so. Right. Wasn't a lot of, a lot of, and I I don't know if I should say this or not, but I'm going to anyway, because that's how I am. That's how you roll. So, once you get up into the talus, I was like, ooh, talus, because I haven't had enough of this. But it's real slippery here in Colorado. It's not hmm. grippy like the Sierra. Huh. But anyway, we finally get up into the talus, you know, and then I was like, ooh, i got to go to the bathroom. Darn it. And there's nowhere to go. You know, there's nowhere to go except for, like, extending one of the little switchbacks. You go in a Ziploc. And everyone can see you. But we were early, so there weren't that many people, and it's a weekday. And my friends were like, do you want us to... Wait and like shield you. I was like, nah. There's only two people coming up the trail to be fine, and I just thought that's an extension of being on trail for a while. You know, you're <laughs> kind of like, man, whatever. I'll just do it. Where I'll I just do it. I got to do it. They'll understand. It's nature. It's okay. Yeah. So you just popped a squat. I did. Did you poop? I did. Yeah. Did you uh, s- do the smear method I and did. pack out your toilet paper? Yep. Good on you. Yep. Good on you, mate. Yeah. The first night of the Sierra High Rod, actually, we were talking about that because we we're gonna pack out our TP because we're High up. Just <laughs> burn it, man. Tomatoes like... <laughs> just burn <laughs> just it. Burn Toma- it. Tom- I think it was tomato that said, uh, so we're all agreed, right? We're all going to pack out our poop. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what? Anyway, I so burn, maybe he I did. burn my TP. That's super L&T. Man. Yeah. I burn my TP, man. Anyway, moving on. Other people, trips? I'm only going to mention two because they're callbacks to previous shows. Remember oh. I went with Swami to backpacking trips at Microburst? Yeah. Uh, By Mount Evans Wilderness. Well, I heard from the gentleman who maintained that section. Okay. They said, hey, we saw your trip report with your friend. You know, we're doing some trail work up there. Would you like to join? It's like, yeah, I'll do that. Oh, wow. They reached out to you. So I camped out the night before. The state of Colorado has a free dispersed campground, right? The wilderness. It's like right in the boundary. Oh, cool. So I camped there, met everyone, shook their hands, and... We it was wilderness area, so we used cross cut saws the whole day. Yeah. Twenty two blowdowns and ten miles of hiking. Wow. And you know, ten miles of hiking isn't too bad. Put the tools on in twenty two. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I crazy. was exhausted. we started at eight thirty in the morning, we finished seven thirty at night. Oh, oh that's a serious day. I mean it, it was some I mean you saw the foes, like pickup sticks, and they still have a three quarters of a mile to go. So there's a little more left. So, so like eleven hours to go ten miles. 
with a cross-cut saw. That's faster than the Sierra High route. Yes. <laughs> well, it was spot no, I'm checking. Just kidding. I'm kidding. And big props to, I should give a shout out to friends, the Mount Evans and Lost Creek Wilderness. They do some mm. fantastic oh, work. Cool. They maintain a huge amount of wilderness area, the very small staff. So check out their webpage if you're a local. They do some great trail work, and there were some super great people. And uh, one thing that was really funny is, you know, people in wilderness areas like to keep their dogs off leash, even though they say mm-hmm. not to. Uh, they all wear khaki shirts. It's kind of like their volunteer uniform. And as soon as they saw us, they quickly clipped their dogs on leash. <laughs> it's like, oh, rangers, ah! Oh, geez. Yeah. And, you know, of course, the word is volunteers, no authority. It was just kind of funny. You know, you could have screwed with them a little bit. You could have been like, <clears throat> can I see your permit? <laughs> well, the, one of the guys who I was hiking slash doing trail work with was very nice about getting kind of a leave no trace look. By the end of the day, though, we're so beat up. We're like, eh, whatever. <laughs> yeah. So then I um, did some trail work again last week with the CDTC. Oh, really? Yeah, and this is kind of cool. Um, Colorado Native Logger is adopting a 35-mile stretch of trail. What? They call ah. themselves the Brew Crew. The Brew Crew. That's awesome. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, Herman Gulch to Berthoud Pass area. Oh, that's a fantastic stretch of trail. And did some work This is with what all breweries in Colorado should be doing. Yes. Boom, bam. You so said it. That ma- is awesome. Mad props to Colorado Native Logger. I got to talk to one of the brewers there, and... I never realized this, but, you know, we talk about the whole craft beer versus crafty beer thing. They're kind of like a wholly owned subsidy. They they do their own thing okay. within the core. They call it the Big House Cores. It's almost like a separate company. I love their IPL. Well, a- AC is Adolph Cores Golden. AC Golden. But it's uh, it's their own thing. They do their yeah. own brewing. They have their own um, head of the company, essentially. The beer is actually really good. We When we are on the uh, Longmont Brew Hike, we sampled some of the AC. We sampled an AC Golden uh, double IPL, I believe. Yeah, the IPL. Yeah, the IPL is great. Their double IPL was delicious. Well, all the beer, they provided the food, too. We had brats and all the... Wow. And Boom. they had some stuff that wasn't normally sold in stores yet. It was, wasn't was even cool. in labels. Oh, wow. It was a Saison. It was actually pretty good. They're making Saisons? They made a Saison. It was Stop pretty... the press. And to talk to the brewer, and but... It was just beautiful weather, at least in the morning. Yeah. Beautiful stretch of trail. <laughs> at least. <laughs> well, we, yeah. We decided to go low at one point because we saw the thunderclouds building up. Right. Which, you know, there's been a lot of lightning issues in Colorado this year, so I think we made a good choice. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, there's but, you know, doing trail work, it's a different way of enjoying the outdoors, but I really encourage you to do it, no matter where you are. Uh, if you're back east in the Appalachian Trail, the Long Trail, or out in the Pacific Crest. Florida Trail. Yeah, sir. It's a wonderful way to give back. And a lot of times, the overnight trips especially, you have a dedicated camp cook. He had a Dutch oven, made homemade Mexican lasagna, pineapple upside down cake, and we had free beer. And you're in a beautiful area. You just feel really good about giving back to something. Yeah, for so sure. So I, I awesome. encourage everyone to, if everyone did one day of trail work a year, you know how many volunteer hours it would be to take care of our trail? So. You know, I grew up Catholic. I'm going to give the Catholic guilt to people. Yeah. I want everyone to do, all of our listeners to do one trail work day a year. That's my challenge to our listeners. I like it. The, the MAGS challenge. And I tell you what, you, you do your trail work, you get a photo, you hashtag it MAGS challenge on and, the NC. Yeah. And I will put, we'll, I think I want to make an executive decision. Okay, go ahead. We'll take, we'll give it two months, let's say, enough yeah. people to sign up. We'll do like a random drawing. Maybe we'll give some swag away. Maybe a trail show hat? Some hats. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe. We're not, saying, we're not making any promises. Hang on and to your hat. The trail show is back. <laughs> That's right. And this is an report, but I'm going to mention it anyway. Okay. Because it's another callback. Okay. 
So my darling wife is now an American citizen. Oh, that's right. Congratulations. So I had a laugh. My country tis of thee, sweet land of liberty, of thee I see. Oh, Jesus. Wrong. That's a euro. Very appropriate. (laughs) Sorry, I I couldn't find that. where our fathers (laughs) died... Oh, uh, uh, Ben, I can't find but my But here's, here's the callback. So we had the interview. My wife passed along with everyone else. Yeah. We're in South Denver, Centennial area, which is 10 minutes from Ikea. Whoa. So we're... Wait a minute. Yes. Hey, I, now. Hold on a second. Hey, hey, hey. From so, where? Whoa. In the South Denver. So we went, like many oh of us... Gosh. So you see all these people who just passed their American citizenship test. Hey, there, boy. Hey there, boy. There's these newly minted Americans. They're not sworn in yet, but they're waiting. What did they do? They went to Ikea. Ah! So we saw three or, th- three or four people. <laughs> and you were there, Mags. You know what? My wife did great. I promise we'll go to Ikea. Ah! <laughs> did you get that new Ikea chair? Ah! That was her citizenship gift. <laughs> oh, the one that you... <laughs> That's what she wanted. The one that trapped me. <laughs> so That's a great chair, by the way. I have one of those, too. Aren't they comfortable? There yeah, you go. They are. So yeah, that's they are. how you celebrate being American. You go to a Swedish furniture store. <laughs> <laughs> All right, D'Lo, any trips this Man, past Man, I have month? been on three trips that are worth talking what? about. What? I have been on two solo sub-24-hour backpacking wait trips. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What about landscaping, man? I haven't been doing much landscaping. <gasps> what? I went on one trip with my wife, who's a little bit too pregnant to hike at this point. Whoa, 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 but whoa, we, whoa, whoa, whoa. But stop, we made it. Stop the, we made it up to... Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Wait a minute. What? what did you just say? She uh, was too what to hike? Pregnant. So Leo's about to have a sibling. A sibling? Yeah. Di Lorenzo, you're yeah. you're you're getting ready to be a father again? I am. Wow. Mr. Nice Di Lorenzo. Good you. good work. Nice work. Your boys can swim. Yeah. Still. Wow. Not for too much longer, but they still can. So when's the due date, sir? October twenty fourth. Oh my gosh. Yep. I'm glad you're having babies. It makes, you know, we're, we're kind of like evening out the quota for the room here. Yeah. As long as you keep having babies, we don't have to, man. So there keep at no, it. I'm not having, I'm not having any. No, 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 no. Don't, yeah, so we'll never see. say never. We'll never say never there. I'm too old. Okay. But anyways, yeah, so I did two, two solo backpacking trips, you know, and I can't really get away for too long because one of the reasons we now have to actually lie to my son about where I'm going <laughs> because if what? he finds out that I'm going camping without him, he just gets mad oh so he's into it Uh, he likes to go that's kind of cool though it is is kind of cool and i actually feel that that's kind of a good thing because it's kind of wet his appetite for it a little bit Hmm. um so because the first time i went up uh mount snicktow at most mostly trailless 13er uh just off the divide actually it's just um i ascended to the divide just past grays and tories um and then went up to snicktow and then you know walked down about I don't know, 3,000 feet through the <clears throat> woods. Incidentally, <laughs> Snick Snicktail no does great work on NPR with um, yeah. the, the reporting in New Delhi, Snicktail. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting, yeah. That's a mountain I've been up before, and I just kind of felt like it's the kind of thing where I, I, I roll up there, and I'm on the trail. At, I'm hiking at 5.30, and I hike till 8 o'clock and camp out, and then I'm up at, you know, I'm up at 5 the next morning, and I'm hiking by 6.30, and... Back to the car at eleven thirty or twelve, and I'm home by one thirty. So that's that's kind of what I can sneak away with now. That's kind of what I can get away with. So I did one of those, 
And then I did another trip where I schlepped my son on my back up to a lake and my uh, very pregnant wife, you know, made it up to that lake as well and said, well, this is about as far as I think I can go right about now. (laughs) (laughs) And we had a great time and my son didn't fall in the lake, which is pretty cool. And he was eating candy and having fun. And then uh, last weekend, I went up to a an area that Mags and I had been before. I camped at the edge of Hell's Hole. Beautiful area. Mount, Mount Evans Wilderness. Hell's Hole. And I Hell's ascended Hole. up through some really fun talus at about 7 in the morning by myself. You know, Ooh. I would call it Class 3 because I had to, uh, I was using my hands. There was no, yeah. there was no death. Uh, I think that's Class 2 still. Yeah, but I had to kind of nah. put my, no, I that's just, that's hands, just hands is Class hands 3. Yeah, but that's, class that's just because you're short. No. I think then that, then that class rating is relative. I'm just kidding. I don't know anything about the rating. You Anyways. sounded really good, though. Yeah, you did. Just it? like short people, class two is class three. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I ascended up some talus, which is really fun. And then I kind of got up to the, you know, I, I went up to about 12,988 feet. Didn't quite make it to 13. Ah, and it bad. was kind of a beautiful night. Slept out in the open in a beautiful night. Um and then in the morning, it just got cloudier and cloudier and cloudier. And it, it was so cloudy that it didn't really rain that day because it was too cloudy for the heat to um, have anything build up. One thing, and it was a great hike. It was a great hike. Just kind of by myself uh, along a ridge, left the ridge at about 9 in the morning, through the woods, stumbled on the trail. Great. One thing I do want to mention, which was very I'm interesting. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hit that. I'm sorry. The first hike, I woke up. I, I kind of was starting to fall asleep, and I had my maps next to my head, my food next on the other side. And I woke up after falling asleep for a little while, looked over, and my maps were gone. Huh. And I said, that's strange. It's not really windy. How hmm. could my maps be gone? A mouse. This is scary, right? It's like I'm about to embark on a trailless hike, and my, my National Geographic map and my USGS seven-and-a-half-minute quad that I printed out we're gone. I kind of need those. Yeah. I know where I'm going, and I could have done it without them because I've been there before, but I didn't really feel safe to do it without them. So I kind of get up in the middle of the night, and I drank a little whiskey, and I was kind of <laughs> like, where did my maps go? It's not windy. They didn't blow away. And a mouse must have taken them, right? It must have been a mouse. So I'm kind of, you know, I, I, I got the headlamp on, and I'm walking through the woods, and about, you know... 30 feet away, I stumble upon my maps, chewed up a little bit in the corner. Oh, yeah. Wow. My maps were chewed up a little bit in the corner, and they were in a nice kind of plastic mailbag that I was yeah. like, I'm going to find that mailbag. I, I didn't find it that night, but I found it in the morning. So I go back to sleep, and I kind of tuck my stuff a little bit closer to me. And I wake up a little bit later, and I'm like, what? And I look over, and I see the silhouette of an animal. And it wasn't a mouse. It was a marmot. It was not a marmot. I was not in the talus, but I was, pr- I was at the edge of the trees. <gasps> pika. It was not a pika. It was an animal that probably stood about a foot and a half high. So it was uh, a pretty big animal. And it wasn't a marmot. I, my guess was it was a fox. Okay. Really? I don't really know because it was an, it, this was a camp spot that when I camped there, there were actually some mountain house wrappers that were strewn about. So I feel like whatever animal was there had got a taste of food and preyed on hikers Maybe before. it was buck 30. He's about that tall. <laughs> He's about a foot and a half. About a foot and a half, and I kind of looked over, and then I woke up and yelled, Aah! and darted away, and I didn't see it again, and I quickly put my food like right under my arm as I was sleeping because I really didn't Wait want to Wait a minute. How, how did you yell again? Like, like that. I kind of was like, Aah! 
Because, you know, you wake up in the middle of the night and there's animals around. You, you're you kind of like, it's primal, <laughs> it's right? Like, you start it's screaming. Like, it's like when Snorkel woke yeah. up and the tiny ham was on her nose. Yeah, you just she started screaming. She made that same, yeah. that, the same noise. So I don't really know what kind of animal it was. My guess was a fox because it was about a foot and a half okay. high. Yeah. It could have yeah, been I a bobcat. Could have been a bobcat. But what elevation were you at? I was about 11,000 feet. Okay, there it was still been a trees. Fox. And I, big trees. I feel like that's reasonable because I think foxes are very curious animals too. Yeah, yeah. You know, might have been like, "Ooh, what's this little thing?" You know? But they're used to food rackers. Now, now yeah. the the maps were about, you know, <laughs> they were right next to my head. So, <laughs> so you didn't wake up when they got dragged away. I did not wake up when they got dragged Whoa, away. So this that animal, there was a fox that, that was about a foot. Well, I also it's a whiskey, whiskey. I also don't get enough sleep. So I when I go out in the woods by myself, it's like. I try like to hang out person. and drink whiskey and read, but I fall asleep at like, you know, nine thirty, ten o'clock. Okay. So, but anyways, so some animals snuck up about a foot, half a foot from right my head. Right up on you. Took those right away. Took them right out. Crazy. Yeah. All right. Well, I can't really top that, but I, I did step out of my comfort zone this past month. I actually have been up three 14ers, which is three unprecedented. Wow. I mean, until... until a month ago, I'd only been up two 14ers in my life, one of which wasn't even in Colorado. So uh, two weekends ago, I had an opportunity to go to the Slide of Beer Festival, which is my favorite outdoor beer festival in Colorado. And then I discovered that they have raised the price to $40 per person admission. And just to give you some perspective, eight years ago, in 2007, admission was $20. You know, I'm going to go to a liquor store, grab a 12-pack, and camp out for free. That Well, that was the decision. I said, how much good beer could I buy for 40 bucks? And it came up to five, $8, six-packs. And I was like, I can't justify four hours in the beer festival at 40 bucks. Is that all it was? was four hours? Mm-hmm. That's correct. So, what I did instead, our good friend Hearsay, who's been on the show before, Shout out here. Say he wanted to go hike up Chavano, ah, which is right outside mountain. of Salida. So instead of burning 40 bucks, me and him went and burned about 4,000 calories apiece. And uh, it's a 4,500-foot climb. It's mm. it's pretty stiff. And, you know, I don't do 4,500-foot climbs as a rule of thumb on any regular basis. And keeping up with somebody who's done the Hard Rock 100 before was yeah. probably a little dumb on my part. But I can tell you this. By the time... I got to the top of Chavano. I felt as drunk as I would have if I'd gone to the Salida Beer Festival. And how did your thighs feel the oh, next day? Dude, I it took me <laughs> it took me three days to be able to go down my stairs right. <laughs> and I'm not joking. My quads were trashed. And we ran some of the downhill. Also not very smart. But like I said, I was just trying to keep up with, with hearsay. Um this past Monday, I actually because POD's been in the Sierras doing all this Class 3 stuff, and we're getting ready to go hike the Wind River High Route, I wanted to, like, you know, make sure my skill set was up to par. So I went and did Beerstadt and Evans via Sawtooth. Oh, you went out the Sawtooth I did. I went out the Sawtooth, which is, um, it has a... Class 3. Class 3. And to be quite honest with you... Class 4 for D-Lo. Well, Class 4 for Disco, because I, I got a little bit off the... (laughs) <laughs> Off the ridge. I Was there exposure? Let's just say that uh, I almost got cliffed out, and I had to make a few moves that <laughs> I haven't made since I used to t- since I took a rock climbing class in college. And if I had fallen, things wouldn't have ended up pretty. But it worked out, Mags. Uh, really, super quick. We've yeah. been discussing class one, two, whatever. Class one's trail. Yeah. Class two is off trail. Class three is off trail with hands. 
Class four is scrambling with exposure. Class five, you generally need technical equipment. Yeah, I would say I was. I I'm, not gonna, I'm not going to remember that tomorrow, dude. Okay. That's all that you I, need to know. I hit a. It's supposed to be all class three on sawtooth, but I I did some class. If four. you don't follow the route, right? On well, sawtooth. exactly. I yeah. tried, man. Yeah. I also crossed the bottom of a snowfield, which I wasn't really planning on, and. There had been steps there before, but they had been melted out, so I kind of was making some new steps. And uh, let's just say I wanted an ice axe for about, you know, three minutes, and I didn't have one. But anyway, I'm ready to go to the winds with P.O.D. next right. week. And I'm ready to go to the winds with Disco. All right. Oh, that's, that's our so trip so for us. We should take a break. We should take a break. when we Actually, I'll tell you what. What? Before we take a break. Before we think we got to talk more? We got to talk. We got we to gotta get into one more thing. No, don't talk about well, Scott Jurek yet. I will Mags, just, just a reminder. Mags Challenge with all our listeners this summer. That's right. One day of trail work. Hashtag Mags Challenge. Post your photos. Just like we did with um, Delo's uh, yard challenge. What what was that thing? Um, be like Mike. Be, be like, like Mike. Mike. We yeah. had to be like Mike. But hashtag. this has to be on a trail for it. can be local open space. Just do some trail, trail work. work. Trail work. Post it and no. somebody will get no. some swag. What? No, it doesn't what? count. No, I was going to say I'm going to organize some trail work in my front yard <sighs> this fall. I tell you what, let's table <laughs> let's table the Scott Jerk discussion and, and do mailbag real quick. Yeah, let's do mailbag. <sighs> I need some beer. And let's let's pour some beers, man. I, right. I need a refill, please. Should I do the first one from Buddy Sessoms? Yeah, go with it. So this is on the 4th of July. Keep this in mind. At Trail Show, two hours of top-shelf nonsense goes by so fast that I topped off the tracks. Now for some America fireworks. America. America. You know, my wife talks like that now. We got her a big pickup. Nice. <laughs> Kidding. She's American now. Actually, her German friend starts singing American Girl to her on Skype. It was kind of funny. Anyway, so we have another one from Courtney Bryce. I ignored the disclaimer and listened to the first three episodes. Oh, big mistake. No regrets. Okay. I do have a comment about half services. Oh. I stay in a few campgrounds, caravan parks in France. Pay 10 to 12 euros per night for a site. No No toilet paper in the toilets. Also in Turkey, many hotels use solar hot water systems. Wintertime, no hot water. Hmm, interesting. So, you know, a little more different backpacking. Yeah. But so wow, that, and that's a, that is a callback to a show that we did when we talked about Medio Service. It was after Spain. I mean, yes. that was like early trail show. That, yeah. was, that was 2012 trail show. I give her props to listen to those early shows. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people couldn't make them through them, but, include myself. So speaking <laughs> of Buck 30... Although now they run a multi-million dollar podcast company, landscaping business, and yogurt shops, once upon a time, the trail show crew were actually through hikers. Oh! <laughs> you bastard. You know what, Buck 30? <laughs> if you hike the TA, you ain't seen nothing yet. Oh! Get yourself out there on the Sierra High Rock, my oh! friend. Buck 30. Eh. Get yourself out in my front yard, man. We got some digging to do. I don't need bowls of alpha- alphabet soup at this point in my life. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> wow, wow, Buck, you hear that, buddy? <laughs> Woo! I'll take my hiking with a lowercase h. Thank you. Yeah, right. there. Give me some topo maps. Anyway, here are the vintage thoughts from Lima, Montana, on the CDT. And all seriousness, it's kind of cool to see some old register entries. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I'm not gonna that. read it, but look at Facebook and, and yeah. graffiti. Trail graffiti. Deal Was up. there trail graffiti? There's there's some trail graffiti on a, a particular mountain. In northern Colorado, 
that everybody writes their name. Oh, yeah, that doesn't really have you. anything to do with that. But how anyway. dare you? Anyway, you know. so check it out. Sort of does. It's on our Facebook page. Who's next? Uh, there is one more letter. Apparently, that I don't have. Yeah, I and I have it, and it almost it? slipped through the cracks. I don't have it, but I was um, lurking in the cracks the other day, Ooh, and I found this yikes. letter from Trail Show P1 Craig Gully. Craig Gully. Craig Woo! Gully. So we what got. A guy. We actually got this letter from Craig Gully on May 28th. Nice. And it almost disappeared in huh. thin air, but I have it. All right. He says, and he actually sent it to my better half over here, the POD. He says, I protest. My wife and I just referred, returned from the TGO Challenge in Scotland, which, by the way, should be featured as Trail of the Month at some point on the show, as it is a route, not a trail. But I listened to episodes 34 and 35 on the plane ride over to Scotland, and I can't believe I was not in the finals for the Be Like Mike contest. He says, uh... It's true, I don't use Instagram, but I did post them on your Facebook page. I don't think anything sums up the spirit of D'Lo like the after photo, unless I would have been holding a beer. And he sent us the photo, and it's a picture of him in a wheelbarrow, I barrel, yeah. and he's just, just kind of lounging in a wheelbarrow. It's actually uh. a barrow. It's not a barrel. It's, it's a barrel. barrel. In the South, it's a barrel. But there's a picture of his, his landscaping work, too. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, Craig Gully was upset. He's anyway. He says great episodes, and I was just kidding about the protesting. Craig Gully, we love you, buddy. You can protest all you want, and uh, we're sorry you didn't win the Be Like Mike contest. But I, I want you to know that Mike DiLorenzo um, specifically said, "Don't let Craig Gully win the Be Like Mike and contest." Mags. I, I almost forgot about a letter I see from Mr. Rigatoni. Oh yeah? yeah. Oh, I don't have so much the letter, but he mentioned something really great. No, look, I'm gonna put. It's more of a we link. We have all these phantom letters. <laughs> yeah, well, what's no, going on? <laughs> this is a link I'll have to post. But he brought to my attention. It wasn't really news, so this is a great time to mention. Okay, as a nice adjunct to the Hot Springs Trail, it's a hammock that turns into a hot tub. Now I saw a picture of that somewhere. We're gonna have to. Get We're gonna have to that post that. So if you point. can combine the Hot Springs Trail, that's not your backpack. With that, and <laughs> combine the hammock. Backpack. Is that your awesome. backpack? Is huh? that your By backpack? the way, since we're doing adjacent <laughs> notes, when we were in Red's Meadow, we were talking about Steve Clymer. And and uh, someone said that. I think it was. I think it was tomatoes. Like he said, so that's your backpack." Your backpack. Wait, wait, wait a minute. I, I, th- I think exactly what tomatoes said was. So that's your backpack, huh? That's right. And then this JMT <laughs> hiker from around the back of the dumpster pops out and goes, "You're no Steve Klein." Ah! <laughs> he knew the clip. Funny. He knew the clip. Wow. And then his friend Creepy Jesus stared at Snorkel's underwear all day. Anyway. Creepy Jesus. Wait a minute. Where were her underwear? She was drying them. She had washed them, finally. And he was just sort of gazing at them? Yeah. Wow. We'll talk more about that in the bonus show. That sounds... Uh, that Creepy sounds, Jesus. That sounds right. a little that's weird. The name. So that's your backpack, huh? That's the name we gave him. <laughs> creepy Jesus. That'd be a heck of a troll name. He, he was creepy. <laughs> well, we do know Wolfman Jesus. That's true. A.K.A. Sweet Tater. Sweet Tater. The man who could read a phone book and make it entertaining. <laughs> yep. And I mean as a compliment. Hey, and, and stay tuned, listeners, because he will be featured on an upcoming trail show sometime in September, perhaps. Perhaps. If you will. Okay. We had some donations. I thought we were going to take a break. No, we got we to get through donations and uh, 
one-offs and beer sponsors and all that. All right. Well, then we'll take all a break. Right. Well, we have the usual suspects here. We have Diane Pinkers. Bobby Pinkers. Walters. Uh, the Bobby Walters. Bobby Walters. Yeah. d you got to say oh, it. Sorry, sorry. Elizabeth Higante. <laughs> Mr. G- Gandhi? No, Elizabeth Higante. <laughs> Mr. Matt Murray. Bernie Wolf. Hey, congrats to Bernard Wolf. Finished his section hike Woo! at the car. Yes. 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 Good job there, Gumi Bear. Russ Kinder. Craig Gully. TGO Wheelbarrow Man. Yes. <laughs> Wheelbarrow. Quality. Justin Knowles. Buddy Sessoms. Buddy Sessoms. From America. Ken Steinoff, who hopefully didn't fall in the Sierra High Route. That's yeah. right. I'm sure he fell at least once, okay. but hopefully he's okay. Gringo Madness. Gringo Madness will be providing next month's beer. Oh, by the way. Stay tuned. Ingrid Gerard, who always gives us the funniest tweets. Have you noticed? Oh, that? She's, yeah, great. she's great. We love you, Ingrid. And yeah. our newest addition, Samuel Emery. Hey, Fantastico. a new addition. Let's give all these people hats. <laughs> <laughs> Man, we don't have enough hats for and those people. Why we don't have, we have enough hats for these we people? We have one one-off. Okay. Mr. Jeremy Koch. Give that guy a hat. <laughs> Dilo, you just want to throw hats out the balcony. <laughs> hey, come get your trail <laughs> show. Hey, hat. you need a trail show hat. We'll just throw them out the deck here. Hey, you, on the bike path. <laughs> hey, have a hat. Yeah. We'll start by giving Dilo's away. And another thank you to Jeff Wood for providing the beer from Georgia. Yes. For this month's Wonderful. show. Delicious. Goes well with our jerky, of course. Fantastic. Yeah, it does. Many thanks, Jeff. And we've we've got one jerky left to try. I don't know if we're going to get to it, but it's... Uh, Why wouldn't we get to it? Well, I think we could get to it. I don't even know what we've got left. I think we have the super hot. No, 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 no. It wasn't hot. It was some sort of uh, wild animal. What, what else do we have? Break, we open yak it. or something. We're going to take a break. Stay tuned. Trail Show. Less gear, more beer. The Trail Show is back. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at The Trail Show and on Twitter at Trail Show. This month's show is sponsored by Trail Groove Magazine. Trail Groove Magazine is your online backpacking and hiking magazine covering destinations, tips, techniques, news, photography, and we admit it, sometimes gear. Ooh. Ooh. I know. Gosh. Stop by the forum, check out the magazine, and subscribe for free at trailgroove.com. Hey, Mags, don't you do a little something with I would say Aaron is kind of my boss. I do some freelance writing for him, usually every issue. You do like a trail news segment, <laughs> every right? Every issue. <laughs> I do. I, I do the, for the past You year. do trail news for those guys? I do trail news. I write a feature article, and I do the, the trail recipes. Oh, very Ooh, good. Wow. Man, trail recipes. That could be a future segment on the show. Is that... Is that- that could replace our iTunes. Exactly. Five, That's what I'm dude. thinking. Like, what kind of recipes are we talking about? Cannoli. You're, you're talking about what, food? Are we food. Do, is it Italian? Well, well, my latest recipe, the issue's not out yet, but I talked about Mediterranean-style couscous with pine nuts. Hey, now. And raisins. Do you know where the majority of the pine nuts come from in the majority? USA? Majority? New Mexico. New Cal- Mexico and southern Colorado. They come from the pinon pine. There you go. Pinon. My grandmother used to cook with pine nuts. Yeah. It was great. Oh, I anyway. like it. So, yes, I, I work with Aaron pretty frequently. 
Very cool. Full disclosure. And we just cracked open the venison jerky, which oh, one of my favorite of the whole night. My mouth is smoking. MountainAmericaJerky.com. Mad props to Mountain American Jerky. Yeah. Good stuff. And ver- local, and mad props for that, too. And um, I don't know if you guys saw the packages, but they don't do the nitrates or preservatives or oh, any of the Oh, there's no madness. nitrates in this. That's just right, man. None except for those that naturally occur in this. That's right. So you can yeah. just go to town. I think it's time that we get into the Scott Jurek debacle. I call it Champagne Gate. I have a prepared statement. Do you have statement. some music to lead into this? Yes. I have a prepared statement I'd like to read. Was this Hall the Mountain King? <laughs> if any, any of you family guy watchers out there will recognize this music. Okay. <clears throat> it is with a heavy heart that I have prepared the following statement. As many of you may know, on July 12th, local boulder ultra runner Scott Jurek recently broke the fastest known time, FKT, for an end-to-end jaunt on the Appalachian Trail. On his final day on the trail, Scott was issued three tickets by the Rangers at Maine's Baxter State Park. Authority. Many of you have become outraged at what has happened to Mr. Jurek. Others of you have become outraged for the sake of becoming outraged. We have decided not to dodge a discussion on this issue here at the trail show. We too are upset as you are that Scott chose to drink champagne on the summit of Katahdin instead of beer. Scott had access to some of the best craft beer that can be found in God's country. Craft beer from Maine. Scott was issued one ticket for drinking alcohol. I personally believe that if Scott had chosen to drink a can of Maine craft beer like old Tom. in a koozie, the heavy-handed rangers at Baxter State Park would have never known that Scott was drinking alcohol. Scott's second ticket was for littering. Scott spilled champagne on the ground, which apparently is illegal in the eyes of the overbearing and micromanaging rangers in Baxter State Park. <laughs> I personally believe that if Scott had been drinking Minecraft beer, he would have done his best not to spill it as he would have savored every drop. Scott's third and final ticket was for hiking in an oversized group. Again, I personally feel that if Scott Jurek had left a cooler of Maine craft beer at the bottom of Katahdin, no one, and I repeat, no one, would have followed him up the mountain that day as they would have all stayed at the cooler at the bottom of the mountain to enjoy that Maine craft beer. Instead, the dictatorial staff at Baxter State Park decided to make an example of him under the guise of corporate sponsorship, even though that had nothing to do with why they gave him those three tickets. In closing, we are as upset as you are about Scott choosing champagne over beer to celebrate his newly minted FKT. Maybe Scott will think twice next time about drinking champagne in a state park that its managers run like a Stalin-era gulag. That was lovely. You know, I think Scott should have um, celebrated when he reached the summit of Mount Katahdin by eating um, 40 to 50 milligrams of marijuana-infused food. (laughs) (laughs) But he's vegan, so no dairy. Yeah, so no dairy, but just 40 to 50 milligrams of marijuana-infused food. Yeah, just chow him, dude. Just... (laughs) That's what I'm talking about, Scott. Well, can can we get Scott on the show? 
You know, <laughs> he's been on NPR, <laughs> CNN, the Today Show. Yeah, I'm but sure he lives here. He lives Why here. not? You know? I'm sure he'd come into my humble abode here. Hey, Scott, <laughs> I, I know you're like the Lance Armstrong. Uh, you know, won the of Western the State ultra running community. Right? Won the hey. Western State seven times. You hang with celebrities. We'll get Andrew Skirka to pull some strings for yeah, us. Yeah, Andrew Skirka probably knows him. Yeah, why not? That's true. Play your Skirka card. Yeah, guys. come on, Mags, hook come it on, up. We, we want card. the Jurek interview. I walked into and your let house. Let me tell you, Pox, Pox Holiday of the Pox and Puss podcast is trying to get the interview first. I want to beat Pox. We want the Scott Jurek interview. We'll we see. couldn't get the Meadowhead interview. We want the Scott Jurek interview. I, I walked into this house two months ago, and, and who was sitting here? Who, who is that guy? Is that hearsay? I haven't seen hearsay in forever. No, it's Andrew Skirka. Hiking celebrity in Mags' house. <laughs> I guess I know people who know people. Let's get Scott Jurek on the show. But seriously, let's well, have a ridiculous discussion about the ridiculousness that just happened well, in Baxter State Park. Here, Please. Here's my nickel's worth. P.O.D. Oh, okay. You're looking at me. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I just wanted to make sure she was still awake. No, okay. I'm still here. Okay, let's, let's let P.O.D. go first. No, okay. I don't have... No. P.O.D., please. Go ahead. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really get it. The mu- the music we got the music queued up for you. Go ahead. I mean, I had <laughs> on Katahdin. Well, and there were a ton of people up there. But we're not an NPR, CNN, the Today Show. Have Cliff Bar waiting for us in the parking lot. In I a, in a I, ate, I ate Cliff Bars on my way. Up I to think Katahdin. he was a lightning rod. Baxter State Park. There was an infamous letter last year. I see. I don't know about that letter, Mags. Maybe um, that's something we need Mags, to do read. Do you have a printout of the letter? I I mentioned it last year. Oh, well, and you we mentioned it on, it. Yeah. on Trail News, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. But basically, they have all their grievances, like Festivus, except not as fun. <laughs> uh, Baxter State <laughs> Park did. Except there's nothing fun about it. They, had, just, they had a list of grievances. They're just angry. They don't like the AT hikers. They're too many of them. They're too disrespectful. There's a lot of hikers in a short period of time. Yeah. As they said, I don't know how true the statistics are, but in their opinion, 3% of the users, 20% of the work. And you know what? That that's valid. And if the you know AT through hikers are being disrespectful or causing headaches, charge them. And all these come AT up with a permit system, make them pay twenty bucks each or dude, something. All so, these know? AT hikers nowadays have service dogs too. They all need help well, going <laughs> up the mountain with their dogs too. That's actually you know? one of the list of grievances. <laughs> was, it was. There's a lot of. And there are some people that um, oh, legitimate use of a service dog, but it seems like a lot of people we, have service dogs. So here's 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 a here's a, a serious comment on the thing, and it's right right. It's it's definitely saying what Pod said. You know, basically, ain't nothing gonna change until it's economically painful, right? That's right. So you know what? Make it economically painful for people to tr- finish their hike, well, and and then you just kind of weed out the complete riffraff, and it's like. Hey, dude, that's a hundred bucks to camp here and to go up to Katahdin. Hundred bucks. You hiked all the way here from Georgia. You know what? You probably should have saved a hundred bucks out of your two thousand to four thousand that you saved for this hike for this, right? Well, you should have. Make it painful, and then you'll weed out the riffraff. I well, think that's a terrible idea. But well, Max, here, here's go ahead. what happens. So Baxter State Park is headed up to here. People are sneaking into the park when the park is full for AT hikers. They're trying to bootleg up it. They have twelve slots available at Birches. Okay. So I- you know. You know, right. the campground. People are sneaking in when they're not supposed to. They're bringing fake service dogs in. Um, they're partying very loudly, apparently. So they're headed up to here. And AT through hikers don't need the same type of restrictions to go into the park as someone who gets a reservation months in advance. So the AT mm-hmm. through hikers and long-distance hikers in general have a pretty sweet deal with Baxter State Park. Okay. And they're, like, this close to closing it 
or even making it more restrictive. So here comes this very well-known runner with uh, a good-sized crew, corporate sponsorship, and it was just basically the symbolism behind it. We ain't taking that crap anymore. I'm not saying I agree or disagree with it, but this is where it really happened. I, here's what I think. I think that they're throwing that corporate sponsorship uh, phrase out there because they know a lot of people can get behind being against corporate sponsorship. The reality is they were pissed off that they didn't have their fingerprints all over Scott's finish. And and this is my personal opinion. They they were pissed off about that, and they're playing it off as some corporate sponsorship mm-hmm. bullshit. But it, it ain't about corporate sponsorship, man. I, how many how many through hikers go up? How many sponsored? There's corporate sponsored hikers on the trail every day, but not this big of an impact. You and, know, here's what I'll say: Scott Jurek walked the Appalachian Trail in 46 days. I don't care how many corporate I logos. He, I don't think he walked. Yeah, he, he, he ran, ran a lot of it, and I don't care how many corporate logos he had on his on his bandana, on his shirt, on his hat. He did something that no one else has ever done, it, and my hat's off to him. I, I think it's phenomenal. Except Jennifer Parr Davis did it before, and she she only got beaten by three hours. It's like totally, which not, is yeah. amazing, dude. Three hours, and somebody will beat Scott's record next oh, year. But I mean, it, this is more the modern because Jennifer did it on a much more grassroots level. Yeah, but under the radar, she did it with Warren Doyle, that, correct? <laughs> a little bit, but it was mainly her husband. It was mainly her husband who yeah. kind of slapped She didn't Andrew. do it with Warren Doyle. She, I, I, actually, I read in, in Gunrow's book a little... Gunrow's? Was it Gunrow? No, it wasn't Gunrow. It was, uh, I've been starting to read uh, Just Bill's book again. Just Bill has some excerpts from Jennifer oh, yeah. Davis's book in there. And so one of their, one of his, you know... Uh, Lying on the Trail? Yes, Lying on the Trail. One of the intros to one of his chapters was Jennifer Farr Davis dancing with Warren in some parking lot. She was I kind of a mentor. One. Yeah, he was a mentor. Yeah, to her. Warren okay. was a bit of a mentor to her. But it, yeah, so that sounds that sounds really like very much different from the Scott Jurek ex- extravaganza. Don't forget, you know, Baxter State Park. Their mission was to make it forever wild, and they take a very strict interpretation. To this day, there's no cell phones allowed. You yeah. know what? If Baxter State Park wants it to be wild, they'll make you park at the gates and walk in. I don't. I don't buy that, man. I think they're a very heavy, heavy-handed organization. Look at their domain name, BaxterStatePark.Authority.org. Well, no disagree. They are very. They could have approached it differently, but I and, guess. And, I, well, I, I Max, think. No. Hold up, hold up, Dilo. Well, no, it, it wasn't no, enough. I'm not holding up. It wasn't enough for them to give Scott three tickets. I'm they leaving. Then, they then had to go post the fact that they gave Scott Jerk three tickets on their Facebook page. Come on, are you kidding me? You can't just give, you know, first of all, you're going to give someone three tickets. It wasn't enough to do that. you got to go post it on your social media page to send a warning to the world. No. But I think it's astronomically has gone through the roof the amount of people through hooking the Appalachian Trail now. So kick them out, man. Kick them out. So Don't yeah. let them come in. Don't let them come in. $100. Put your money where your mouth is. Stop saying, oh, you get one more chance if you obey. That's not how you do it with children. With children, you say, you get one chance, you don't do it. It's over. Unless because, you're in Boulder. But no, well, oh, no. If you if you please. give your kids a second chance, then they kind of expect that, and then they go through the world thinking that. So you got to get it, nip it in the bud really early and say, you get one chance. Oh, you screwed up. You're done. Right? You're going to bed. No stories. Whatever. That's what the that's what Baxter State Park should do. I'm tired of uh, all that you're saying, Disco. They're saber rattling. Enough. Just say, you know what? At through hikers, we don't have any permits for you. You can't come here. 
boom, done. You Stop at A-Ball Bridge. Yeah, you're done. That, uh, your hike your hike's here. over. Oh, you didn't get a permit six months ahead of time? Sorry. Sorry, buddy. You can't hike here. Can't and then enforce it. And then have some freaking police yeah. there. And have some police there and escort people out. And, and I think you know, just do it. Just stop beating around the bush. And I think there's just the changing nature of through hikes and long trails. It's much more of a social experience, much more social media, et cetera. Again, this was the symbolism behind it. Have the Back. have the numbers actually gone up on the AT? Oh yeah, oh yeah, much. they have. Okay. There was a there was an article in the uh, High Country News recently about just the increase in the AT hikers. That hmm. I think it's up to fifteen hundred. Yeah. I, it was some astronomically so high number in it, the past 15 years. It sounds like the issue is that there are too many hikers for the resources that they have. And whoever different. It nothing to do with Scott Jerk or whatever. Absolutely not. Nope. So I, I think it comes back to, I think they're trying to punish this guy for another issue. But, but I think coming back to the fact, you don't have to say AT hikers, you can't come. But I think if you charged everybody 20, 25 bucks just to climb Katahdin and extra to camp yeah. at those two campgrounds, that would generate enough revenue to then hire somebody who can police those areas and say, oh, look, you tried to roll in after dark. That's a $100 ticket. Get out. You yeah. know what I mean? You have a fake service dog. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the thing is that it's all about solving the actual problem, right? I well, mean, yeah. And to be okay. fair to Baxter State Park, and when you're that public, and I'm sure he didn't mean it intentionally. I mean, we've all done a champagne toast at the summit of some sort of beer toast. We post it on world media, essentially, this blatant no alcohol. It's actually a main state law, never mind a Baxter Park rule. What, what What's the state law? In Maine, you're not supposed to drink alcohol in public like that. Okay. I, I just got to get over that, man. That's just so, oh, I'm, I'm just so they, Puritan, and it's, yeah, it's, just, it's well, ridiculous. I, I gave the example of... But uh, you're true. You're right. It is a law. It's a law. A law is a law. But come on, man. Well, we, it's we, like... We as a nation need to get over this crap. We do. Well, we think really about do. when you're tailgating. Yeah. If you have it in a cup discreetly, oh, yeah. the cops are like... Hey. Mm-hmm. I don't see a thing, but as soon as you... Red Solo cup. No, or, exactly. A, a main craft beer in a can in a koozie. Yeah. There no would have been no ticket. There would have been no, no ticket. ticket. But as soon as you put it on CNN for the world to see, there you go. He should have had a Red Solo cup. You know, I'm not going to mention the fact that in 1999, when I got to Baxter, a friend of mine may have left a can of beer in a shelter in the park, and a ranger may have taken that can of beer Put it away when I showed up to get my permit. They may have given it to me personally. Uh-huh, but that was, was 16 years ago. But it was discreet. And I wasn't corporately sponsored, Mag, so there maybe you that you was You didn't have a Cliff Bar van. I, did, I didn't have a bandana on my head that said Cliff Bar. I don't know. I just feel like Baxter State Park, while I really respect what they're trying to do, has just their message has just come out all wrong. And at this point, they just really need to put their money where their mouth is and do what POD said and just make it economically a little bit more prohibitive for the AT hikers so that they can do the policing that they really need to do and and not stretch their budgets to do it. Yeah. Like, you know, but just, they don't want that many people, period, budget yeah. or not. Well, then make it so yeah. economically prohibited that all these deadbeat AT hikers are like, oh, $100 to climb Katahdin, but I just hiked for the past six months and spent all my money drinking, and now I don't have that 100 bucks. Get but, off my lawn. Yeah. My recommendation is, is if they want to deal with less people, no roads in the park. Yeah, no roads in the park. You want it to be forever wild? That's forever wild, dude. No roads. No roads. You hike. You hike. You walk. You ride your horse. Okay. You ride a snowmobile uh, in the winter. I like That's it. forever wild. You sound like Ed Abbey. 
Yeah. Yeah. Come on, D'Lo. You're, you're, you're getting a little crazy. Yeah, that almost sounds like, you know, if we had some writer on the show discussing that, that'd be documentary. Oh, oh man. Hey, Wouldn't man. Don't, don't tip the cards too much, man. I'm just please. saying. Okay. We got to move on. Enough yes, about this. Please do. Scott Jurek. It, it was just a Debacle. silly incident. Debacle. That's about a larger issue. It is. And they just tried to make an example out of this guy. No, we're moving on. Let's go. Come on. Oh, this is a good talk. No. He, I, we're moving on. 40, 46 days. Oh, wait, let's close it with Jennifer Farr Davis's words, which are, hold on to that record lightly. Oh, it's a great yeah. article. You should Fantastic read it. It really was. Article. Excellent. I don't know about this article. Amazing. It was in Backpacker? <laughs> Where was it? Let's post it on our Pinterest page. That's a great idea. Being sir, we'll, we'll post take a Facebook shot of it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll Twitter it. Okay, very good. Okay, we watched a movie. Finally, mile, mile and a half. I've been hearing about this movie, I swear to God, for over a year and a half now. And in honor of POD's Sierra High Route and our Sierra High Route Redux, quack, quack, we reviewed Mile, Mile and a Half this month, which is a very produced documentary about... From the Muir Project. From the Muir Project about a through-hike of the John Muir Trail um, that occurred with a couple of... It, it wasn't just one or two folks. Seven it was like, people. Si- yeah, six, seven people. In the words of Mags, meh. It was well-produced. Super well-produced. Amazing video footage. Very professional, but I don't know if it's me at this point in my life seeing yet another documentary of a long trail that has ample guidebooks, maps. You know how it's going to start from beginning to end? Yeah. I thought the cinematography was incredible. Oh, it was amazing. It was really beautiful. You know what was really cool for me, too, was why I haven't been to California since 2000. Well, I since 2002 when I hiked the Pacific Crest Trail. So I really enjoyed watching the footage and seeing these places and hearing these names of these places I've been before, meant, you know, 13 yeah. years ago, and I was like, oh, yeah. that's Evolution Creek. Oh, look at that. That's Red's Meadow. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Devil's Post Pile. Look at all these places and I've been before. I want to give, the, I I give the, the, those guys props, too, because they did cross all those passes in the oh, snow. Yeah. yeah, they were, it was pretty heavy snowpack when they went through. I yeah. have to say, my favorite part of the movie, though, was at the very end when they they had they were hiking with the guys with the ukuleles. Yeah, those guys were awesome. They the were awesome, but they they the went to the well a little were, too much with uh, those guys. But yeah, they Come did on, because man. because the movie was lacking, so they went to the well with those guys. <laughs> but those guys were so cool, and they were <laughs> they really, really good performers. Okay, and their music was awesome. But here, here's the thing: how many documentaries have you seen? It was well produced. Oh, it was am- it was amazingly well produced. But it's the same story I've seen before. Oh, we've got blisters. Oh, we're hungry. Oh, our packs are so heavy. Oh, we tramped at the end. So. Well, I mean, it it was a documentary about beginner through hikers. So yeah, it's yeah. gonna it, by default it's gonna be that documentary. Uh, and I understand that. And that's more on me. Where? Well, no, and I hear you. And and, and actually, the first half of the movie, I sort of let that detract, and I got antsy, and I, I was I got up and I was doing stuff and. And then, like, the last half of the documentary, I sat back down, and honestly, no one's ever done a trail documentary that well as far as production value goes. I yeah. mean, they, they had some shots with a dolly that they had some slow panning. There was some, there was some stuff they did with the cameras and the audio that have never been done on trail before. D'Lo, go ahead. And this is why I think Donald Trump should be president. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> What what is Donald? Tr- what? He would get rid of all that. Uh, there would be none of that. Uh, yeah, Donald yeah. Trump would see an end to all that. I man. prefer all fe- of that crap. Dilo, Mike DiLorenzo, <laughs> I prefer veterans that weren't captioned. They're good. Veterans that were captured, bad. Okay, to recap, not captured, good. 
bad, good veterans, bad. What what was the question, D'Lo? <laughs> anyway, moving along, back to the John Deere trail. <laughs> yeah. Away from Donald Trump. Paul, what? <laughs> what was Paul. I going to say? So I watched it about a year ago, to be honest. I saw it with Adriana, who is probably more the audience than someone like myself. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good yeah. point. She liked it. You know, she's into the outdoors, has no desire to walk 200 miles. She liked it a little better than me. But maybe she's heard me complain too much about these type of documentaries. Uh, I think if you're a, an experienced through hiker, to watch this is a little painful because yeah. you just yeah. kind of look at it and you're like, oh. You know, but to be fair, we love the Arizona Trail documentary. And that was by a beginner long-distance hiker. When we reviewed it a couple of years ago, I really enjoyed that. So what my, I what I liked about the film was uh, the cinematography. I just thought it was so. Beautiful. Oh man, oh, it was beautiful. It was amazing. They had high quality equipment. Yeah. My problem, show. my problem was the following night I watched Tracks, the movie oh. that we talked about last, last month, month, which, which was, was just absolutely mind blowing. Amazing, right? It's like this woman hikes across the freaking desert of Australia by herself in 1976. You're like, this is amazing. And yeah. it's like these dudes who hiked the John Muir Trail in 2011. You're like, okay, that's you guys have some nice, nice shots here. But homegirl over here was in the freaking desert, well, like hallucinating, yeah. like, <laughs> like oh, I think they're coming for me. <laughs> oh, maybe I'll just lie down here in the sun and take a nap. You know, it's like yeah. don't do that because you're gonna die. And she didn't die. And it's like that's that was that was real. That was an intense movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah I guess that's the thing. Um, you know, I've seen it these type of documentaries before against a 200 mile long trail with ample maps and guidebooks. I I know I've seen this story before. And again, that's more on me, but then again, we saw a tell on the mountain PCT documentary and that had different aspects. I like that much better. I was uh, personally sad to see Z go. The hiker Z. Yeah. I was yeah. too, man. I, I wanted he more Z. So early. He bailed I so early. I wanted more Z, Dila. I wanted more Z. Z was hurting, dude. Z was really yeah. hurting. Z came back, though, for a little quick cameo. And he took a wrong turn trying he to get did. back to the John Muir Trail. God bless him. God bless you, Z. If you're listening out there, we loved you. It was a very pretty story. I think it lacked substance. But I love those musicians at the end, man. I think they rescued the movie. Those guys just, I would love to have camped with those guys. Yeah, it'd be yeah. fun. That'd be awesome. All right, let's go around the room and uh, give a final thumbs up, thumbs down. P.O.D., yay or nay? Meh. D-Lo. Uh, my thumb would remain neutral. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Mags. Same thing I get in email. Eh, meh. And I'm going to give it a resounding thumbs up. All right. There it is. So we'll give it three stars out of five. Mile, mile and a half. We watched it on Netflix. How'd you guys see it? Netflix. Okay. Do you I, I watched it on Blu-ray disc. Very good. Lying. Okay, very good. It's on Amazon, YouTube, and Netflix. And on tonight's Ask a Hiker, we have two questions from our valid listeners. Two? First question is from Gerald Garcia, who asks about trail scares. Our second question is from Bernie from Vermont, who asks about current events which have nothing to do with hiking. Without further ado, here we go. Okay. Question number one is from Gerald Garcia, who writes via email. You guys have the best trail podcast going on the internet nowadays. Ratatouille has nothing over you guys. <laughs> and I know D'Lo is capable of eating 240 grams of marijuana-infused brownies in 24 hours. Whereas that other young man, I won't even go there. What was his name again? Ratatouille. <laughs> 
By the way, I saw Ratatouille on Nice. Did what? You, pass. <laughs> you saw Ratatouille? <laughs> I ran into him, yeah. I bet he just shunned you and di- he wouldn't speak to you Actually, at all. he didn't even know who I was. Oh. You, didn't, you didn't say I'm P.O.D.? Well, eventually I did, but he oh. interviewed us at the kickoff. He yeah, didn't, he, he didn't, didn't recognize remember it. me. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> Too yeah. much THC. <laughs> Anyway, I've been listening to your show since episode four, since my hiking friends strongly discouraged me from tuning into the first three episodes. <laughs> and I love this Ask a Hicker segment. It's taken me a while to get the guts to write. So here goes. I have a question, and it's a quick one, but one that will hopefully lead to a lengthy discussion, some scolding by POD, and gratuitous sound effects from disco. So here goes. What's the scariest moment you've had on the trail and why? Thanks for all that you do, Jerry. I'll, I'll, I'll start. Can, yeah, I've, start I've had two, two moments come to mind. Both have been in weather and not like driving rain or snow or anything, but fog and clouds where I was above tree line and lost visibility. The, the first was in South America where I was on a trail that was, I was actually hiking it the opposite way that everybody else hikes it. And it was all above tree line and there was no real trail. It was just rocks. And then, but there was blazes every so often, but the blazes were actually facing the opposite direction of the way I was hiking, so I never really saw uh, the yeah. blazes. Yeah. Mm. You know how that happens. So the weather moved in. It's fogged out. And I'm kind of like, I know where I'm going, but I can't really see where I'm going, but I'm just going to keep going because I only have the three days of food, and I just hope that I don't get cliffed out. So it was a very nerve-wracking day because I was just kind of like, I'm navigating. There's no one else out here. There's no gringos out here hiking. It's gringo, and madness. I'm just hoping that I don't get cliffed out because if I get cliffed out, it's like, well, now what do I do? So, so that was very nerve-wracking for me. That was like my first kind of like, whoa, this is scary. I'm out here by myself. I don't really see any signs of where I'm supposed to go, and I can't see anything. The other one was in the sea, uh, in the uh, Sangre de Cristo where I was up on the ridge, and I was hiking along the ridge. It was kind of one of these, you know, go up one valley and then cruise along the ridge and come down the other valley. You know, it's just kind of a classic Sangre de Cristo, off-trail ridge hiking. Um, but I get up on the ridge, and I'm up on the, you know, the, and this ridge of the, San, the northern Sangre de Cristos is a very narrow area. It's not very wide. Mm-hmm. The Sangre de Cristos do not have a lot of girth. <laughs> and I'm up there, Bo-bo-bo-bo. and... All of a sudden, the clouds roll in. And now it's kind of like I can't really, you know, while they are narrow and the ridge is well-defined, it is pretty easy, as you noticed on the sawtooth just a few weeks ago, to kind of lose that narrow ridge and not quite be where you're supposed to be. Sure. So my problem was my car was on the wet mountainside, which is the east side of the Sangre de Cristos. And I was concerned that I was actually going to venture off trail and start to diverge to the west side, which is a solid 100-mile drive <laughs> by a car <laughs> from where my car yep. is at the other trailhead. Heck of a three-foot step in the wrong direction. Exactly. So yep. that's kind of when I was like, man, I really hope that I'm on the right. Because the ridge, it ridge started to kind of widen out into sub-ridges, and that went out. Okay. And it got, became girthy. Yeah. It started, there started to be some girth <laughs> developing there. Yeah. And so I was really hoping that I was on the correct spur of the girth to take me back to the east side. So that was another unnerving moment on the trail hmm. but both of these unnerving moments for me have been due to cloud induced lack of visibility above tree line i think my scariest moment on trail was fording the oh maybe the mono creek mono creek and current the current river 
The first Ford of Mono NPCT. Creek just passed VBR as a northbound through hiker at sunset during a raging snowmelt sort of day. Yeah, that was scary. And I also had like the most startling night of my life on this hike, but I'm not going to talk about it because I'm saving that for the the bonus. The bonus. Mags, scary, so, scary moment for you, sir. Scariest moment I've ever had on the trail was actually during trail work many years ago. It was in the Spanish Peaks, which is um, very much south of here in southern Colorado. And it's very well-known mountains to the fine, uh, kind of where you start getting to New Mexico. But we're doing trail work above treeline. All of a sudden, this rolling storm came in very quickly. And a mile away on the other ridge, you saw a lightning bolt. Yeah. And we're above treeline. Did I mention we're surrounded by... Piles of metal tools. Right. It's <laughs> always a good feeling. I've never been as scared. I wasn't the only one scared then. All the Catholic school prayers came back to me. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. And again, we see lightning less than a mile away on the ridge in oh. front of you. And the trail crew leaders were, they were sending us one at a time by a place to get below tree line. Wow. Yes. And uh, it's, How old were you? Uh, this was back in 2003. Okay. And it was my first ever trail project. And just a, the reason why I remember it so well, uh, the guy I was working with in the Mount Evans Wilderness a couple of weeks ago, he did a lot of VOC works. So, oh, yeah, I did a VOC. I mentioned the Spanish Peaks. and his, That's a kind of a legendary trip with this VOC, apparently. Everyone who's been on the Spanish Peaks remembers that. You have 50 people above tree line with metal tools around them yeah. with lightning going off. And mm. that, it was, um, it's a little scary. It was interesting. I could talk about some some lightning. I could talk about some creek fords, but honestly, the the scariest situation I've ever had on trail it was the first shelter north of Parisburg, Virginia, on the Appalachian Trail, in nineteen ninety nine. Um, I was camping with my bud my buddy Hurdler, and uh, he doesn't even know this, but um, I woke up in the middle of the night from a nightmare. At the at the first shelter north of Parisburg, and yeah, I woke up and I thought like you know the world was ending, and and I I may have yelled out I don't know POD you might be able to talk about a similar experience with someone can't, you camped with can't talk about on a it. future show can't talk about but, uh, it tonight yeah a nightmare on the Appalachian Trail night terrors so all right all right question number two. It's from Bernie from Vermont. Bernie from Vermont. Bernie, Bernie writes, I love this segment of the show. I love how your listeners get to write in and ask questions about hiking, and you answer them. It's fantastic. It's a great forum for sharing knowledge. It's better than cats or beer-chugging bears. It's better but than I cats. But I have a non-hiking question that <gasps> I hope makes it to the segment. What? Regarding current events, what are your thoughts on Greece staying in the euro, raising the minimum wage to $15, oh. and robots replacing humans in jobs that can be automated. You know, How that, that would, dare you, Bernie? That would make a great bonus show. I realize, I realize this isn't your traditional Ask a Hiker question, but you guys don't really serve up your traditional hiking podcast like Ratatouille. So ah. Hopefully, you can answer these questions. You can answer these questions without resorting to whacking the vacuum tubes too quickly. Cheerio, Bernie. Uh, wait, wait a minute. What was that other podcaster's name? Ratatouille. <laughs> As in tool. You know what, Dilo? I, I have one comment to make. Yeah. One comment and one comment only. Please. And this is to Bernie from Vermont. Turkey will never be part of the EU, and Greece will never leave the EU. I'm out. Wow, very wow. insightful. Wow, that's super insightful. Sweet. 
All right. Dilo, you don't have anything to say? Uh, I think that it's inevitable that robots will replace humans in jobs that can be automated because it's more economical. Sorry. Yeah, that, that's wow. Wonderful. So the, the, the raise of the minimum wage to $15 for fast food workers in New York City is just going to inevitably lead to fast food kiosks. <laughs> I think oh. you're All right. right. I there think you're right. Thank you, Bernie. Yeah. You know what time it is, people. Let's rock out. It's time to rave out. All right, Max. We got a gear review this month. What could it be? What could it be? A very multi-purpose item. A corkscrew. A corkscrew. Wow. And I have, I have a quote to start it off. Oh, wow. Okay. Somebody forgot the corkscrew, and for several days, we had to live in nothing but food and water. <laughs> W.C. Fields. Nice. <laughs> nice. So I'm going to do... A titanium corkscrew, maybe? Well, I'm going to do a top five reasons why a corkscrew is really good to have. Because it's multi-use. Spinnaker and a corkscrew? So, you know, you heat it up with a lighter, you can pop a blister. Ooh. Yes. You know, a lot of them have knives on them. You can use it to cut cheese or summer sausage. Or if you're, say, a vegan hiker, you can do your soy protein or whatever, you know, cut it up like Satan. that. Satan. Satan, baby. Satan. Slice up the Satan. You can use a self-defense against marmots, which rumor has it. That might come into play in a bonus show. Or, an, or yes. a fox. Or a fox. fox. fox in the so, middle again, of the night. a lot of uses for a corkscrew. They really don't weigh that much either. So, you know, um, you can use it as a tent stake. Okay. Yeah. Sure. And the number one reason why you should have a corkscrew. If you find yourself on a mountain in Maine, you're a world-famous runner, you have to open your champagne bottle. Oh, <laughs> Max, why? Why would you go there? Please. So that's our gear review. Please, Max. Like Max, why would you go there after Wait, this? before we before you do the outro music. I'm, I'm not. I'm, that I'm was the outro. Okay, thank out. goodness. I saw you pressing buttons over there. How dare you, Max? I can't believe you brought that up our again. Our show sponsor? No, I have a little something I want to add here at the end. Do you, do you need music? I don't know if you want. I know you like to do stuff over there. <laughs> this is appropriate. Okay, so the Trail Show is going to be recording a live show at Alda West. Yeah. September 25th through the 27th at Mount Hood. So go to AldaWest.org. You can register there. Wait, wait. We're doing it 25th through the 27th? Well, no. That's but a that, hell of a long show. That's when the, the weekend <laughs> the is. three-day show. That's right. Three. Actually, it is going to be. I mean, we're going to. There's all kinds of people we're going to be able to interview while we're there. But anyway, so what I wanted to announce, in addition to the Be Like Mags contest of doing. No, no, no. Mags Challenge. You don't want to be like. Hashtag Mags Challenge. You don't want to be like. We have another contest. It's Win a Date with Bobcats. What? Yes. Why not not Pepper? Uh, I'll get there. Okay. Okay. Well, Pepper blew it. Bobcat is the most available bachelor in the hiking community. I just hiked with him on the Sierra High Route. He is sensitive and kind, and he's a strong hiker. You is kind. You is smart. You is... (laughs) Sorry. He's a musician, has his own band. He's a musician. He has really good BO, I got to say, as a BO connoisseur. Most men smell really sour when they get sweaty, but not Bobcat. He smells good. Wow. Um, So anyway, so, so the entries have to be in before Alda West, and I'm going to choose the winner. Okay. Okay. We talked to Bobcat about this. He's open to it. And unlike Pepper, I think he'll actually follow through on the date. Yeah, Pepper really blew it. Yeah, so there is no age limit. Screw you, Pepper. He said as a member of the feline community, he's open to cougars. Hey, now. Oh. Wow. Isn't there a like website that. for that? He's yes. a Bobcat. Didn't he's they just get right. hacked? That's right. You have to yeah. be 
Hi, you have to be like an able hiker, though. You got to be at least able to keep up with me. Okay, so that's not saying that doesn't exclude too many people, but you got to be a hiker. Uh, you have to be of the female persuasion. Okay, so you have to submit your win a date with Bobcat entries to POD at the trail show, and the runner-up is going to win a date with Pepper because <laughs> Pepper's going to be there, and we're going to force Pepper to go on the date with you. Will it be a double date? It, maybe. Details to follow. Okay. Details to follow. That might be better because then otherwise Pepper won't speak, I think. So what, <laughs> what What kind of entries are you looking to have submitted to POD uh, at the trailshow.com? I, I want people to write to me why they would be, why they want to win a date with Bobcat and why they think they would be a good match for Bobcat. Okay. Wow. That sounds yep. really interesting. Yep. Hmm. Cool. So <laughs> forward to perusing the response. But you're not going to. Myself. I am. So we're going to announce the winner at Alta West, or how does that go? That's down? correct. Wait, but wait. The this show is a democracy. Are you trying to tell no, me that not. the three of us, it's men much in this room, will not have a say? In it's who a gets democracy, but some states with Joshua have more rights than others. Well, it's much like the United States, where democracy on paper, but it's really if you have enough money to bribe that's people. Right. Yeah. Hmm. That's correct. Yeah. So, I, are so you insinuating, <laughs> Magnanti, that I should be paying POD to get my vote in? Yes. On these, okay, fair enough. <laughs> They're called lobbyists, I believe. That's right. All right, cool. I will lobby POD to let me peruse the answers. <laughs> would Would you be willing to take a couple of days off work to I go would. through them? Yeah, because yeah, okay. I anticipate, yeah. you know. That would 35 be to 40 pound bags of mail. You know what? That would be really helpful because I'm going to be out hiking and I'm going to need someone to read those for me. Ah, no problem. No problem. Oh I, I will just God. take a couple of days off from my day job Perfect. and read the mail bags. So, win a date with Bobcat. Sponsored by D-Lo. That's right. <laughs> Vetted by D-Lo, rather. Sponsored by D-Lo. Vetted by D-Lo. Thanks to everyone for tuning in today. A big thanks to Mountain America Jerky for sending us some jerky tonight. Uh, we love Jeff Wood. No, Jeff Wood is the beer man. Hold Jeff on, hold Wood. on. Go check him out at mountainamericajerky.com. Big thanks to Jeff Wood for providing Jeff tonight. Jeff Wood! Woo! Psychedelia. Terrapin Brewing Company. Yeah, man. Out of Georgia. We appreciate it, Jeff. And of course, thanks to all our monthly PayPal donors. And please, please go to iTunes right now. And Don't leave do it, it listeners. Don't leave, do it. Leave we us a written review. Need any more reviews? We need a kick in the ass. Just to remind everyone that this month's show is sponsored by Trail Groove Magazine, your online backpacking and hiking magazine covering destinations, tips, techniques, news, photography, and gear. So stop by the forum, check out the magazine, subscribe for free, trailgroove.com. Go get your groove on. You can always find us at thetrailshow.com, at twitter.com slash trailshow, on Facebook, Instagram, and Cafe Press at The Trail Show on Stitcher Radio and, of course, on iTunes. And also at BaxterStateParkAuthority.com <laughs> slash The Trail Show. <laughs> yeah, maybe they're going to sponsor an upcoming show. <laughs> because they love this uh, element that we bring to the trail. And don't forget, get your day of trail work in this summer. Hashtag Mags Challenge. Seriously, donate. Give some time to the trails. It's a good thing. And you may end up winning a trail show hat. Another trail show is coming, gone. We'll but be back. likely. <laughs> exactly. We'll be back next month with more beers, trails, and nonsense. Until then, for the Princes of Darkness, Mags and Delo, I'm Disco. Ciao. Did you guys know that Tomato's last name is Bo Shart? No. Bo Shart? Bo Shart. Bo Shart. Bo Shart. Bo Shart. Bo Shart. Bo Shart.
But so, whoa. You, Bobcat, Bobcat, Bobcat. Bobcat we're on a date with Bobcat. Bobcat. Foxes, foxes stealing my mask. Foxes, foxes stealing my mask. Kickstarter, Whitney Al Good Larefa, Night Terrors. <laughs> Joey Bag of Donuts. Joey <laughs> Bag of Donuts. The Onion Full Submersion Bath. The onion smells real good now. The onion smells real good now. No, but Bobcat does. In the Wake year two thousand. Wake up snorkel. Wake <laughs> up snorkel. Tiny up hand, snorkel. tiny hand. Bowls of alphabet soup. <laughs> Champagne on top of Katad. Never again, through hikers, never again. There'll be a main state police officer posted <laughs> at the summit of Katadna issuing open container tickets. You can take our fermented grape, but you can't take our freedom. <laughs> what? Live, live free or die. Oh, That's New Hampshire, dude. That ain't, that, that ain't what's going on in Maine. That ain't what's live going on in Maine. Live free or die, Dilo. Live free or die in New Hampshire. Succumb to our rules in Maine. Mountain America jerky. By the way, every Cliff time Alder farts, it sounds like you just filled a diaper. Who? All good. Huh. Terrapin Gross. Brewing Company. Tonight's Trail Show episode was sponsored by <laughs> Bar and Scott Jurek. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? You know, they say you don't really know a person until you lay down some miles with them. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. You're going to bed, no stories, whatever. Whatever.